Hello, Internet, and welcome again to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and joined by our other two hosts, as always. Trace Finicaro. And? I'm a cold-hearted snake. Look into my eyes. That is a one Gunner Kennedy. We are joined today by a very, very special guest. Uh, she is an event director at the Callet Civic Center here in Oneida. She is a cat lover and, most importantly, a longtime friend of the show, a one Michelle Stewart. Michelle, say hello. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Let's just jump right into this. So, Michelle, you, uh, on top of, you're in a, you you coordinate events, correctly. Is that kind of like your main role at the, the Callet or? I'm the executive director. You're the executive director. So, what does that entail? Just tell me some of the, some of like the big kind of things that you do there. Things you're responsible for. Killing mice, um, plumbing, planning events, uh, grant writing, uh, community activity, uh, operations, scheduling, payroll, um, turning the lights on, uh, everything. <laughs> uh, uh, just, just one question: Could could you make the the mice killing a community activity and kill two birds with one stone? Uh, no, I mean it'd be two mice with one stone. I would hope two two mice with one stone. I mean that yeah. I mean like well, you're not. It's, it's not like the stone loses its usefulness after one mouse is slain. I try to I try to release them, but sometimes I I do have to kill them. So do you, well, you have traps? Yeah. So you have like ethical traps? Yeah. Yes. Eth- ethical ethical traps. Yes, I br- sometimes I, I bring my dog into the building and she catches them, and then uh, we release them down the sewer. Well, or so you're building a new community. I am so <laughs> down someone else's tunnel, <laughs> someone else's basement. So my topic is supposed to be community, but I want to talk about killing mice a little bit more. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we ju- I I have a home and I just started battling the mice problem, and. Those mouse traps are fucking brutal. Uh, so I say poison. If you're not, if you don't care about, you know, traps, just buy the poison. Yeah, but I heard that poison, like they end up dying in your walls, and then you got to smell them for a while until they decay. Blue traps. I don't. I don't think do mice live in walls. I think they live in like. No, they'll they'll, they'll find they'll find they'll find a they'll find a place to, 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 to snuggle in and. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. We have moles in our house, like really? on the perimeter of our house so i just want to like so you think the mice are hanging out in those holes yeah i think the mice like live in the mole holes do mice live in walls i thought squirrels lived in walls. no mice live in walls it, it, it's, oh. it's are squirrels and I mice have, that different it, it, rodents, squirrels are right? cute as a person as a person who regularly has mice abseil up the structural members of the basement of their house into the house proper did you just say mice and structural members yes okay i just want to make sure I heard that squirrels are actually much worse. Oh, squirrels are assholes. I heard that they're worse than mice. They're tennis balls with legs. I like rats. <laughs> I, Where know, do you think they live? Do you think Michelle, they live it's in been, it's like been a good run. Big I don't moles? know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> we can be acquaintances, but friends. Rats are rats. highly intelligent. They are. Rat, rats eat the feet off of other things just for their own entertainment. You know, that's an urban rat no, legend. Did you, no, did you know, Mama? As, as a person, as a person who has had to put birds uh, birds down at the farm because they have eaten the toes. You off just said persons, and now they're birds. <laughs> you just as said a person rats who, who eat had... feet off of persons, but th- those aren't persons; those you are know, birds. Do you know rats will eat their babies if there's not enough food for them? 
Rats will eat their babies because they're tasty. Yeah, if there's not enough food, they don't want to feed their babies and die. Yeah, but like so there's so many other species that do that. Why are we Why are we putting this on rats? Have Good you point. Ever I don't heard know. of a rat king? Um, yes, the rat king. No, a rat king. Like a rat king from the Nutcracker? No, like a a bunch of rats with tails entangled that travel en masse because they can't get away from each other, devouring whatever they can get on. That would be so cool to or see. Or so fucking terrifying if you've ever seen a New York City rat. Oh no! I've They're I've like woodchucks. Yeah, I've only had um, like purebred with, breeding rats. With z- <laughs> like, z- ZG, yeah, they're they're New York rats are like woodchucks with ZGAF. Oh, I had a Russian blue, and I forget what the gray rat was. Um, okay, we're talking about two. Th- yeah, and maybe, a Russian blue is a cat. Two. No, no, no a Russian blue rat was a breed, and then the really? other one was a gray something. See, we're talking about two different things too, which is that you you have domesticated rats, whereas I am fighting with their feral. Country cousins who like, city you know, city rat yeah city rat, rat. Them, them city rats I'm suburban rats <laughs> so um so as <laughs> to go back to topic now the reason that I wanted to pick community Michelle is because when I think of community especially in 2018 I think that it doesn't fucking exist. And then I think, well, it kind of does. And I know somebody who's trying to keep it alive. And you are the first person that comes to my mind because um, you do the Calit, which you bring a lot of people there. You do a lot of events there. And I'd love to hear about some of those events. Um, you do 4-H. Um, you're active in your church. And I'm sure there's some other things that I'm missing. But those are all things that I don't, I'm not part of in my life, which means I'm not connected with my community that way. And uh, I thought that if we go back far enough, like we have these concepts like community college, right? And community colleges uh, were really created, um, from my understanding, after World War II. um, And it was a way to bring uh, the community and the education system together. And I think about what elements of community are we missing in today's age and what types of things do you do every day to try to bring those back and is it is it a lost cause is it something like are you observing a a positive change was the community there before you started everything um and you're just taking over somebody else's role or are you really kickstarting something that didn't exist before Do you have like four hours? Yes. <laughs> we have at least two. <laughs> um, so those are all questions I'm very passionate about responding to. <laughs> so those were great questions. Uh, I will say that I've always been community oriented no matter where I go. Um, and by community oriented, I, I mean that I walk the streets that I live in and the neighborhood that I live in, no matter where I'm living. And um, I I look for the positive places to support my community, the businesses I wanna visit, the entertainment that I wanna purchase in that community. So I've always, that's the baseline, is to wanna participate in commerce in your community. That's being community oriented, uh, not just buying gas and going. Uh, somewhere else. So wherever I've lived, I've always uh, tried to take part in that. 
uh, rather than go outside of my community and eat dinner, I try to eat in my community, um, spend my money in the community. Uh, as far as if I'm taking over someone's role, I think that the community that I live in is a complex and very different community um, makeup that it's unlike anything I've really seen. And I'm trying to spend my limited free time uh, finding other communities in the United States that are similar to it to kind of base a study and understand what's successful, why things aren't successful. And when you say similar, do you mean like similar in size or similar in dynamic or both? S similar in dynamic. Uh, I mean, so I, I live in the city of Oneida. We are a population of 11,000. We are the only city in a rural county. And we have uh, a poverty rate that's probably somewhere, uh, don't quote this, but I'll say it, like, I think it's 12%. Um, and I'm trying to find places that have tried and failed and tried and succeeded to see what they've tried so I can um, learn from their mistakes and, and not make them. Uh, what I'm finding is that the dynamic here is uh, definitely different. Is uh, it, It's kind of, I, I always say it would be a great movie. <laughs> like in the city of Oneida, uh, people who okay, you know, grew up in Oneida are very, very proud. Um, and there were a lot of factories and uh, textile manufacturing types of things. Uh, that people, you know, grew up in their families generations after generations worked at. Um, and then I believe that there was things that came into play, like the casinos and, and things that came in uh, 80s. I'm not 100% sure on the dates. Obviously, the manufacturing shut down um, or reduced in size and large number of people that were unemployed or um, not employable in, in the modern sense because they were, you know, aging out and couldn't go back to school and they were in their 50s or 60s. And uh, it, the dynamic of Monite is interesting because, you know, there's the north side of the railroad tracks and there's the flats and there's like neighborhoods and people still uh, identify with those. Even if you're not from here and you move here, you find yourself calling those places what they are called by the locals so uh, what it, what it, what does the north side mean to to a local so um, to me i always just thought it was the north side but as i learned uh that you know uh, the north side would be the north side of the tracks the bad section of the neighborhood the bad, so it's yeah right uh, so which, people might not be maintaining their their properties as well. Yeah, you know, which I don't I don't necessarily consider that the, the case. And the and well, sure, because now you know people on that side, right? Well, not that I just you know like there's an elementary school on the north side, and I'd prefer my kid to go to that elementary school because it's the better elementary school in sure. my opinion. Uh, so I I for one like the north side better than most of the other areas. So. And what about the flats? What is What do they describe as the flats? I, you know, I don't know why it's described as the flats. Uh, I think maybe because it's flat. <laughs> I, I There was a flood um, about five, six years ago, and when the flats were flooded, and I think they've flooded um, over history. Um, 
so I don't know what that has to do with it being called the flats. I have no idea why it's called the flats, but I'll tell you one of something that stuck in my brain about three years ago, maybe two years ago, a gentleman was um, unfortunately attacked and um, in an altercation between two people in the neighborhood of the flats. And uh, it was on the news and the news stations and media came, interviewed people. And there was this one woman who was interviewed and uh, by the news and they were like, the gentleman was, was stabbed. And the woman on the news was like, yeah, this is how we do it in the flats. You cross someone, we're gonna take a knife to you. We're not gonna have a conversation with you. And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, giving giving it a reputation. Yeah, and I was just I was so, it, and it it actually made me so sad, but but that's the reality because that's that's what she grew up in. That's what it is, and you can't you can't change that mindset. Um, you have to embrace it, and you have to um, learn to kind of roll with it. So. Uh, so one thing I know about the flats is that, um, and it's, of course, this is a specific reference to a specific city, but one of the things that I remember about the flats, and and um, since it's close to home, I drive past it, is that uh, a lot of the homes were destroyed in that area um, when, uh, was it was it Hurricane Sandy? Well, yeah, the, the... What, what was it that came through? It... No. Was it just a random it, it was flood? A, it was a rainstorm. It was, rain it was just the, random the, flooding. The, the levee, dike, levee broke. The levee broke. And because um, all, that, all that, that whole place, basically there's like a, it, it's effectively floodplain slash runoff that got drained when they put the, the levee system in. Hence right. the flats. Hence the flats. So that, so that must be where the name comes from. Now, right. from your perspective, does, do you think that... that how do you think that that affected that event affected because people people some people rebuilt right and they just stayed where they were but a lot of people had to leave well they, they were given was it like there was a buyout option, option right? through yeah. fema well there were, it's, it's a twofer because like that happened right after the freaking realist like the whole credit crunch so people like you know it, it, it's just like effectively it's this whole thing where you have this this catastrophic event which would be normally just kind of catastrophic that there's just no economically reasonable way of it being recoverable because you can't get the, you can't get a you know if fema's if fema's not going to give you the money to fix it if there are the homes themselves aren't like of a certain value to make it worth repairing it's like here's a check and it's like great how do i fucking fix my how do i fix thirty thousand dollars worth of damage with a ten thousand dollar check or something like that, you know, or how do I, how do I get a replacement cost of my home if you're only going to give me twenty thousand dollars total? Yeah, I, I've heard. I, I had a couple. I have a couple coworkers who like lost family homes mm -hmm. because they just they could you know they, they couldn't they couldn't you know at, at the end of the day they couldn't afford to fix it. So it's just like, well, too bad, so sad, and it's going to get knocked down. And the thing is, is that the you know you have this population, you know, like it, it, part of that is too is that you kind of chase it, you know, like that there. Anita is not necessarily a growing city at this point, right? It's I mean, a bedroom community, yeah. So it's it's. What's it, a bedroom community? Does that mean nobody leaves, nobody comes? Well, people primarily reside there and mm -hmm. work uh, elsewhere. So oh, okay. I mean, it, and it's it's. Actually, it's an ideal bedroom community if you want to look at it. It's smack dab in the middle of Syracuse, Utica, Rome. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's, you know, if you have a, a, a two-person household and one live, works in one direction and the other one works in the other direction. You're right in the they, middle. They should all move to Oneida uh, <laughs> because it, it makes most sense. But 
what Gunner's talking about um, is actually something I'm really concerned about is, is the flood and the buyouts have, are, are going to change and shift the, the entire makeup of the community. I mean, it already has. Um, I, I live in the school district, the elementary school district that had most of the residents of the, the, the flats. Oh, they can't see quotations on mics. <laughs> that, was, that was air quotes. Uh, um, they, uh, so while all the other elementary schools have two grades, two first grades, two second grades with about 19 kids or 16 to 19 kids in the class, I have, you know, my son has 10 kids in his class and there's a whole nother second first grade. Uh, so that shows you how many people have moved out of the flats um, so the population of that area has declined because yeah. their homes, either they don't live in them or they've taken an incentive to leave them. Correct. Yeah, and, and I've, I, um, I haven't really been involved in that whole buyout. It, it, you know, I don't live there, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I hear lots of, and talk to a lot of people like Gunnar was mentioning that have, you know, had $75,000 houses and got offered $20,000. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I, I don't know all about how that works. Sure. Um, yeah, so it might not really be, it might not really be better than staying in a bad home, right? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, because I'm not involved in that, I don't want to say, um, I don't focus on it, but my my biggest concern is what are we going to do with this land that nothing can be built on afterwards? Right, because you can't really it, offer it to anybody. I mean, like, you're, you're, there's already like there was a whole hullabaloo where I don't know how serious that was, and correct me if I'm misremembering it, but they wanted the they wanted the residents in the area to, they wanted the residents in the area to start mowing the property the abandoned properties, and like they they eventually had to like get like the town. City or the city department to go and, and do that instead because yeah there's just they're basically there are just these huge swaths of abandoned homes because please leave your home either they're stuck please they're mow in, it yeah they're they're just they're stuck in they're stuck in settlement or it's just like they walked away because it was like the two it was like the final straw I don't think that's too too crazy of a thing to ask if you're staying in your house and your neighbor had vacated for some reason because I mean we there is a huge um, uh, influx of what to do and how to do it for both the residents and, and your the rats city. and my rats and 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 they basically are the rats saying need a place to live and they need short grass well, no because effectively effectively you have not anywhere near the same cracked out war zone scale but you have the same problem that you have in detroit at this point where there's like you're Empty watching lots. You're, you you've reached You've reached a tipping point. You're like very close to that tipping point where it's like it's not feasible to keep a neighborhood open because there's more derelicts than lived in, and it's gonna you know like things are gonna go very you know like you have to you have to have a certain population level to keep the fucking wolves from moving in quite literally. Oh well, there's and, a there's not just wolves. I mean, I think there's a lot of people squatting. Oh yeah. Um, it, and I don't know if you guys have been watching, but the I, I think that only three houses got knocked down in the in the fall winter, mm -hmm. and it took a large amount of time. Um, and the council person that runs that 
that area, Helen Acker, had been nothing but 100% invested in into getting well, that done. I mean, like how much, how, you know, and again, the, 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 you know, maybe inside baseball, how much how much crap's been going on with Hotel and Night? Like how long did, you know, like that, that, that actually had, you know, like that actually has like multiple people waging what amounts to war to get that situation resolved. And, you know, I mean, like the flats are kind of... Well, I mean, but the, the flats are... <laughs> flats are flats are a much bigger problem, but it's that, you know, like a night, a night has always been kind of slow to come to resolutions on, on, on things. Agreed. <laughs> so so the, the, flood, the flood had a negative impact um, economically from a population perspective. You're saying there's less people in the school. And, uh, but you're kind of part of, of, of like a newer movement in the city. Or maybe it's you're just the latest force um, with what you're doing, and uh, and you're trying to kind of correct some of these things, right? You're trying to bring some more of the community back, or at least that's what I see. And the reason that I say that is because um, you know I see a lot of the events that you're doing um, at at the Civic Center, um, and from my understanding, you're doing these things. Number one, you're doing them a bit differently than they were being done before. You're doing them more frequently than they were being done before. And, uh, and, and what I would like to know is, is what type of impact are you seeing, um, on your community? Because some things you can't, you can't change the weather, right? Those things you can't really change when it comes to federal control. There might be, you guys might be able to reuse some of that, that, that property that, Maybe for some community area, um, I don't know if parks are allowed to be in a floodplain. But from what I understand, that was one of the discussions that you guys had. So there's some things you can do with the flooded proper property, but uh, a lot of that's out of our control, right? As as we think about our own communities, a lot of those things are out of our control. So what is in your control, and how have you seen the city react to it? So if you asked me this six months ago, I would, I would have totally said there was so much that I could control. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe control is the wrong word. But <laughs> um, I, I will tell you the one thing that I really feel that I can control, and that is is my one my one gut uh, fire wielding mission is to teach my family and my children how to take ownership of the community that they live in and become involved in that. And by teaching them and participating in myself uh, to, to hopefully have that trickle down ripple effect of taking ownership. Um, I don't wanna keep walking down streets and complaining about something and not being a part of a solution. Right. But I can't keep uh, wearing myself thin alone mm-hmm. on trying to make a solution when the people and the, the uh, structures that are in place that are supposed to be leading those changes don't want anything to do with that either. So like six months ago, you were going to walk down the street and you were going to say, that building looks like shit and I'm going to go tell somebody. Uh, is that kind of what I'm hearing? But now you're more like, no, let's raise a community that all of them are actively doing that. Let's do this with numbers instead of as an individual. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? It, Trying to, yeah. I, I think that I'm experiencing something that people, and, and and something that I definitely want to touch back on that you mentioned earlier, that I, I'm experiencing something that people have been saying I was going to experience about a year and a half ago or longer. And I was like, oh, not me, not me. It's called burnout. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm burnt out. Um, you can't do it all by yourself. You can only... Um, 
put so much passion into it until it becomes obsession and crazy um, and starts deteriorating your health and, and just really ripping the foundation of what you started to do this with apart. So um, I, I look to other people and, and try to make contact with other people that I feel like can be like-minded and part of that. Um, but I, I keep finding a lot of people are experiencing that same thing that have already been in the community for a length of time. And they're already burnt out and as well. Yeah, and they're already burnt out. So it's then it's just meeting every new person you see do a change of mailing address at the post office. Like, welcome to Oneida. Would you like to volunteer? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, so you've done a bunch of events at the Cal Civic Center, uh, one of which I actually got to be a part of. I got to, and I'm using air quotes, work a security for that you had like a professional wrestling kind of expo yeah or uh and that was actually really really awesome i will be honest with you i kind of thought like oh man like no one's gonna be into this this is gonna be a dud no one's gonna show up and like the house was packed it was like and it was actually i i was like man so shocked it was actually a really 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 i'm a pretty cynical person so i was like uh, you know, I'm just going to do this for a friend. This is going to be like nothing. Would, it's going to be weird. be a member of the Canastota crew if he didn't have an innate sense of doom. Yeah, but that being said, it was actually a really, really huge turnout. Everyone had a great time. It was like really like an effective thing. What would you say in your experience of planning several different types of events? What ones work that you can maybe say, I can build on this and we can kind of say like, segue into another event to maybe get people more involved and which ones are just are there any of them that just don't ever really work out nobody really shows up and you can't really get any involvement like maybe are there any patterns you've realized like this is what gets people here and this is maybe what doesn't work yes um and it's it's such a tough reality to face uh so obviously anything free <laughs> you would think you would think that if it was free everybody would come uh that's not always the case. <laughs> uh, being a nonprofit, the Calit specifically, we, we don't have a lot of money to, to um, pull events in and then advertise them. So uh, there's a lot of risk involved. And if you can, if, if risk was something that could be calculated, I would say calculated risk, but that's that really doesn't exist too. <laughs> so, uh, you kind of need the experience to know what risk you're up against, right? Well, you, you can't... The experience that worked in one place, in one city, in one time, mm -hmm. and in during one economic shift does not always work in the a different location in a different time. And that, that makes sense because, uh, you know, from my experience, my um, experience in the casino industry, I remember there was these waves of popularity when it came to something like poker. And... There would be these these times of the year or these times like in history where they would actually have to expand the room because everybody wanted poker and then they'd shrink it to like the size of a large closet because nobody wanted poker. So I guess I guess I can understand what you're saying. So did you I mean, but but, but still, there's got to be some things that are such a draw, like like Wade mentioned this uh, this professional wrestling match to be able to go to professional wrestling in your hometown. I'm not into professional wrestling. I don't know much about it, but uh, it certainly intrigues me to see that type of stuff happen um, so close to home. Like, do you think? And also, like, like, like Wade said, um, 
not only like being successful is a lot of it has to do with how much work you put in, right? Yeah. So now after you've done one wrestling event, like, are you saying, hey, you know, I'm gung-ho, I'm going to start planning next year's wrestling event? Or are you like, you know what? That was so much fucking work. There's no chance we're going to try pulling this thing off again. I'll tell you, I, I have planned a second wrestling event with a different company um, and not anything against the company that we used before. Um, there was a lot of... Uh, structural issues in the back end of the last event that we did while it was um successful um and i worked with a friend of mine who owns the business happy to assist to put put that on um carrie earl and while while um it was an absolute successful event uh structurally there were a lot of hiccups through the road Mm -hmm. that um you know at any moment could have derailed the entire project um, now as the executive director of the Callet, which I was not affiliated with the Callet at that time. Okay. Um, I'm looking to bring in a wrestling event and unfortunately brought it in, uh, the week or two before it was supposed to happen. The person that was, uh, running the show, um, had to have emergency surgery and we had to postpone. And then the date that they postponed for, I found, was the date of WWE's WrestleMania in Utica. Oh. And I, I pulled it. I pulled our event because I was like, there's that. if there's anything I can't explain that I do not want to participate in, it's duplication of services or duplication of events. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to know my market, and I know my market um, can't compete with a world wrestling entertainment sure um you know in a large facility like what uh the ashes have put in, you know financially into uh the utica auditorium or whatever it's called now um i, c- I can't compete with that and and people that are going to buy my ten dollar and fifteen dollar tickets are going to buy their 25 and 30 dollar tickets and go to that sure <laughs> so um you know and i had to make that call which was hard because now it's a second cancellation but i i can't put all that effort and energy into something to to have something you know 19 miles away uh decimate us in numbers and and as as people are listening and they're they're thinking about what it's like to put on a professional wrestling event I remember, so in my head, I would think, okay, you need a ring, you need chairs, you need admission, you need security. But the one thing I remember talking to you leading up to that event was uh, insurance, which is something that I would never have thought of. (laughs) You know, if it's in my backyard and people are smashing chairs on each other, um, I guess it would be covered by my homeowner's insurance. But I assume that the the Callet has a problem. Um, They can't just insure... Uh, I shouldn't call it a problem, but their insurance policy probably doesn't extend to uh, professional wrestling. Yeah. So you have to get, uh, I'm, I'm working on that right now, actually. We're going to be doing a, an event for the first time outside uh, the Cala on September 29th. We're going to be doing, I've been affiliated with the Make and Bacon Festival for um, two years. And uh, while I'm no longer part of the business that runs the Make and Bacon Festival, um, the Cala will be working with that business to be host to it. And we have been operating at Vets Field in Oneida, and we're going to be moving it to the Callet specifically. Oh, so it'll be an indoor thing? It'll be indoor-outdoor. Oh. So I'm actually going to be uh, moving the stage outside, and the lot, uh, the parking lot will be where the vendors are. 
And uh, so I'm, I'm in that insurance process right there, as well as the city owns the lot. So going to council and asking, you know, to, to lock in that lot to be used for this event and, and trying to get people to understand that you have to, yes, the events in September, but I need to know now, Sure, <laughs> you know, I have to book or, or, or the, the person running the event, um, has to book these events, um, book the vendors, you know, months and months in advance. So, right. And they, and you got it right because they could have something else. Absolutely. That same weekend. They, they, they do, right? I Correct. Mean, because for those guys, it's not so much a matter of whether they have a place to go. It's which place they want to Correct. go. Correct. Right? Yes. And, and, and that's kind of a science that I'm new to learning, um, you know, that reduce the number of vendors because y- you don't want to have 25 craft vendors beca- with somewhat similar things because the, the, pie, the, the spending power is reduced. Okay. You know, so and that de- it, de- it takes away the incentive. Correct. That the vendors would have. Correct. Right. So so get good vendors with with, um, you know, a, a system that has been in operation for for some time, and to uh, reduce the the numbers so that people go there and and buy. Making it about quality, not quantity. Essentially. Yes. Yep. You know, uh, and for it. Yeah, absolutely, and, and but it, uh, it's a lesson a lesson learned. You know, sometimes people, you know, oh, look at that festival. Look at all those booths. Oh, that's so great. Well, I mean, how many 31 vendors and, and Sensi vendors mm-hmm. do you, you need to see in one festival? Yeah, it seems like to the consumer, the more booths, the better. Number one, there's less waiting. Just start Etsy Fest. Hmm? Just start Etsy Fest. That's, oh, that would be, well, you know, Utica does a great job of uh, something like that with the Indie Garage Sale. And it's, I, I love it. I'm there every time. <laughs> right. So yeah, quality quality over. Yeah, there. but you're in the middle, uh, Michelle. You're in the middle of everywhere. I am so not Syracuse <laughs> and Utica. I'm not in the middle of everywhere. Rome, no. <laughs> and it's just like, why would you? You can have everyone come to Anada instead of everyone from Utica and Rome drive to Syracuse. Well, why would everyone come to Oneida all the time when every story? That you open up in the pages of, or when we hit, we have a meth, we have a slight overwhelming. Meth is meth like number problem. one. I yeah. have to say, meth is like the number one story out of Oneida Absolutely. for the past like three years. Yeah, I'm, I'm it, a it, meth fest. Why, why don't you have a meth booth at the bacon? <laughs> you know what? Fest? I would it, love bacon flavored. <laughs> I will tell you this. Canastota will give you a run for your money. Sadly, <laughs> there's so many other places that would give me a run for my money. We just have the best looking meth addicts. <laughs> if I was going to do oh anything, I was in Central New York Pride. Can we no, do a meth pageant? That's what I was going to. She's pageant. not going to give me a high five for that. Sweet. I, I, I thought a meth pageant would be perfect. I, I'm with you, Wade. That's some nice eyeshadow. It's not eyeshadow. <laughs> it's my eyeshadow. My boyfriend uh, punched me in the face. The ice like, princess. The last bad. Yeah, here comes uh, our next. Uh, and the ice princess, like, no, that is not an uh, ice princess. She, those are meth crystals actually growing out of her forehead. <laughs> um, I, that, that really gets me frustrated uh, to, to know on multiple occasions, things that I'm personally involved in. And like, oh, I, I don't regularly buy the local paper, but when I do, it's because something that I'm touching is involved in it. And I open up the paper and there on the front page of the paper is another meth bust. I feel like we shoot ourselves in the foot ourselves. <laughs> like it's, it's, sure. it's ridiculous. Sure. And I think um, that we've covered this topic um, 
before, but I think that there's a little bit of um, not not so much the newspaper, but with the social media feed. I think that sometimes the social media feeds tend to focus focus on the negative. So when it comes to stuff like like meth in Oneida, it says, okay. Wade, you live close to Oneida. Michelle, you live close to Oneida. This is a news article you may be interested in, and it's one that other people seem to engage with. And then you kind of end up getting this, this like this flood of of bad, uh, bad news onto your wall. So I I wonder what Oneida is perceived by the outsiders, because. I don't know how much of the news they're reading that has to do with Oneida. When I think about Oneida from an outsider, first thing that comes to my mind, which is no longer manufactured um, even close to Oneida, is the uh, uh, Oneida Limited, um, the Oneida uh, silverware, mm-hmm. right? I've been in places um, in in different states that have the silverware. You go to a restaurant, you sit down, you flip the spoon over, and it says Oneida. You know, that's what I think of when I think of Oneida. I also think of uh, the Oneida Indian Nation. Um, they're the ones like the casino that you mentioned. Uh, that comes to my mind when I think of the word Oneida. Um, there's, of course, Oneida Lake, which uh, a lot of people haven't heard of Oneida Lake, but it's the largest completely inland lake that New York State has. So it's a pretty big lake. It's like 22 miles it's long. It's like a giant mud puddle. Well, no, it's actually, big... no, no, it is It is the last stalwart uh, holdout of Lake Iroquois, greatest of the ancient Great Lakes. Yes. What Gunnar's saying uh, um, is that, and you guys probably already know this, but the listeners might not, is that Lake Iroquois used to span a much larger area, and then it dried up, and now it's Oneida Lake. And then you got the city of Oneida. You have Oneida County, um, which somehow... None of those things are really in the same no. area, right? Oneida Madison Limited County, was not in Oneida. Yeah. <laughs> Oneida is not in Oneida County. But they all Oneida were Lake under, is not yes, in Oneida County. But they were all under Lake Iroquois, so they are all they are all related in that sense. Is that they were they were once horrendously underwater in the literal sense, and now they were returning to that way in the the social and money sense. Do you want to know what upsets me when? So you, you're, I mean, you're talking prehistoric, but I'm just going to talk like historic. Um, I, I went to a bookstore, uh, a couple weeks ago. You ever see those history books that are like, uh, sepia toned covered and they're thin and they have like local New York state history. Uh, I used to have a, I actually, I have, I have a giant one, like new, new edition Bible just of Sylvan beach. Okay. Like so back in the back. Okay. Back of the All right. So you go into the, you know, the bookstore and, and you look at the local section and, and there's Rome, Utica, New Hartford. Um, I think there's even like Westmoreland and Sylvan beach and there's all these things. And, and there's no city of Oneida. There's it's in the Madis- drug section. There's well, some, the drug well section. but there's Madison. <laughs> there's, to, be, to be fair. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not really a city. It, it okay. So <laughs> it's bigger than Westmoreland. It, well, it's bigger than Canastota. <laughs> I mean, but it it, ta- it goes uh, constantly. We're getting uh, put under the Madison County, right. where a lot of people don't even know that the city of Oneida's in Madison County for right, one, because right, it right. borders right up next to Oneida County. Right next to Oneida but, County, but right. That the, some of these books were published 10, 15 years ago. So this just constantly shows uh, the the can the the history of how Oneida constantly gets shit on um, because 
even even who are the distrib the distributors of these books and the publishers were like, eh, just throw Oneida in a chapter in the Madison <laughs> County book. Give him page six. You and know, put a little and picture it, of the Oneida Hotel. And, you it's know, beautiful. And, and even worse, like you know, I'm sure Casanova has a book and Hamilton has a book. So, so maybe maybe kind of derailing that topic too, but like. Do you think that that maybe is is a classist thing too, where effectively, you know, like Sylvan Beach used to be a resort town, so it was where, you know, like again, there was some importance there. Canastota, Canastota had this weird thing where effectively it was kind of like this this, this all all points hub for doing traffic on the Erie Canal, but you know, Anita is Anita was always a working town, correct? And it that's was. you know, you know, and it's always it's always it always has been just kind of this. You know, it's 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 day labor. You know, like you know, it's one of these things where they just they don't. You know, like we we kind of have this image of ourselves where we're like a farming community and everything like that. And Anita just doesn't fit into this the story that gets told about Madison and Anita County. I don't I don't know about that entirely. I you have to look at the history of the city of Oneida. I mean, it, question about the history was it. I heard a meth, story. Meth was actually invented. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> was it? Was the community created by like a kind of group of people, very like-minded, like trying to? That's the Oneida a, community. Yeah, create like a better, like almost utopian, a utopian society. Yes. Is that yes. correct or is that a myth? That's 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 true, but that is. So so I'm not gonna. I'm that's sure. a separate city, right? Yes, that's Cheryl, oh, which was okay. what That's where all the rich people live. Okay, cool. It would. It's considered. Oh. Um, no, I'm not rich people. I'm it's just Nida people. Cas- who, like it's a, yeah, Cheryl. it's Oneida Castle. It's, but, but it's still an interesting backstory, which right? is actually in the I believe the county of Madison. So it, the city of Cheryl is in Oneida County, but pay, is in Oneida County, but. The Oneida community, I believe, is considered um, part of the city of Oneida. So, which was Kenwood. Kenwood is that that uh, place you're speaking of. Okay. And this is this would be something I would have to have like the that little brown book that I bought on Cheryl in my uh, in my hand. Actually, actually, the yeah, Noise maybe, family. Maybe, maybe maybe you're thinking about this all wrong, and that Oneida is so important that it can't be covered in. It can't be covered in one history book. It has to be re- covered really shittily in seven <laughs> to get the whole story. You know, you know what it is. It's 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 going back to that word ownership. That there's nobody here that wants to to take ownership and and make this place relevant to the generations after. Right. I I, I really think you know, and I'm going to throw much, myself how much under of the it, bus. How, how much of it is Anita was not Anita like? Does Anita have a very strong Italian background? Wait, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, no, I, I, I know what you're saying, it, 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 But and, let's just look at this. I, I think it's in the 70s, and I have this written down in a notebook because I keep notebooks. Uh, you know, I think it was 60s maybe or 70s when the uh, throughway was put in, and the city of Oneida was offered to take the Canastota throughway first, yep. and they said no. Right. I, I mean, which was like, go ahead, shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> you know, and... and and I can't remember which mayor that was under and, and how that went down and, you know, way before my time. But but and, and where they were planning on putting it would be, you know, near the north side, which could you imagine? Look what's grown in Canastota just around the throughway. Well, and again, how much of that, how much it was, how much of that was they didn't want they didn't want the traffic versus they also didn't want to change. change. Well, you know, then they didn't want, you know, like, again, the, the north, the you know, it's, it's it, city city governments are weird. 
Actually, well, it's all, kind of all, pol- all politics get increasingly irrational the, the smaller the, the scale. The other thing, too, is that I think it's down. hard for people to, to be able to see that far into the future. When I think a lot of people stop and they look at where those... So, so for those that don't know what a throughway is, it's our non-free freeway here in New York and on the East Coast. It's although it starts getting transformed into words like turnpike. But I think people, they think about these on-ramps going through the middle of their community, right? And they think, well, I don't want that. And they think about like, like, like the roar of the traffic and stuff like that. And they're like, like, we don't want that. I don't, I don't think that they have the foresight because I don't think that, that everybody can see forward to how economy works. Now, I don't know when that decision was made. I also don't know how many cars were on the road then. But now, everybody that I know commutes. Right. Everybody that I know, um, and nobody works down the street anymore. Like you said, you you just branded Oneida as a uh, what was the a word that you community. a bedroom community, right? So on, now it's more important than ever for these people to be able to get on a fast highway and be able to make it to their destination. And now not only are they suffering in their daily commute, like every single person that that, that lives in Oneida, they're not necessarily working in Oneida, although there are some businesses there. They're getting out and they're traveling to either Syracuse in one direction or Utica uh, slash Rome in the other direction. Uh, but but now the actual economy of the city itself is suffering because that through traffic isn't stopping there. They're not stopping there for gas. They're not stopping there for food. So, and this isn't the first time that I've heard this, but uh, I, I've definitely heard the same thing mentioned um, for other major cities where they lost the opportunity for that for that that freeway stop, and because of that, uh, they're suffering. What you know, whether it's from commuting. Well, I mean, also, we're not talking about specifically to Oneida. I mean, small communities in general, which Oneida has, has always been a small community. Yeah, but, but you know, and I guess... Do the, I get to make my point, or are you just going to cut me cut me off? I was, okay. I'm, well, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're trying to stop that, so let's stop that. All right. Small communities <laughs> don't want people... <laughs> don't want people... You know, think of outsiders. They go, oh, God, because mm-hmm. Canastota back in the 70s had an opportunity to bring in a car plant. Uh, to to manufacture cars here, and everyone's like, no, 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 because that's an in a large influx of people that are going to potentially move into the community that they don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to, I mean, to the point of Oneida, though, when I also think of Oneida, you have you've got several social assistance programs in your community, like halfway houses and stuff like that. And what they do is, once they've gone through the system, they help them get an apartment in the area. And then they just drop them off there. And now they're residents of Oneida that weren't residents of Oneida before. So but they are that, people with... You think there's some politics around these things? I don't know what... Like, I guess I look at the community. I look at those areas around there. And they're not very nice areas that used to be nicer areas when I was younger. And that's something that I don't know who made the decisions in the community to allow those programs to be there. I don't know if it was some sort of funding or kickback. But I definitely think that it's become a bit of a detriment because a lot of the people that are being released and, and set up with this housing and these apartments or whatever with the with with the programs are not people that are going to be able to readily go to work and stimulate the economy the local economy specifically i i cannot agree more in most of that statement <laughs> uh yes uh, these halfway houses and why they are where they are and why so many and why the city of oneida is the the nonprofit mecca of madison county um, bewilders me. Um, I know in some cases that there is some type of immediate financial kickback to let things come here. In other cases, um, a lot of other services follow the 
the population that needs their services. Right. So that's why you're going to find, um, you know, in Madison County, Morrisville, you know, has a, a, a large population of nonprofit service centers, some in Canastota and the majority in Oneida. Oneida is usually the home base and all the other two are, are usually satellites. Well, Morrisville is the hub of the community action program, right? Or I don't know or? if it's the, if it's the center of it. I, I, I don't, it, community action is there. I, I don't know if it's the main office or not, so I can't comment on that, but, uh, to, to the base of, you know, the city of Oneida being like the nonprofit center, uh, I, not even just nonprofit, I mean, you were talking about um, rehabilitation centers. Um, I, I, I will tell you, I have seen two sides of this. Um, I, have, I have seen the, um, oh, the side where these people get out of these homes and they get put into living situations and then they just end up on the street. Um, I have literally touched those situations. I've also been on the other end of the situations where I have seen people come into these homes from other counties in New York State and become working members of this community and contributing members of this community that now reside here and have be, become uh, a, a focal point for other people coming into the services as well as saying, you know, or showing this is what can happen if you, you know, move through the proper steps or, you know, are ready to do this. So I've seen, I've seen both ends. You know, I, I, I just had an experience this week. Both of my son and I um, found a, a homeless woman, you know, passed out, you know, overheating on the side of the building where I work. And um, she refused to, to let me call the, the medics and I brought her in, um, got her some water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she had like a, a bag that had like 20 pounds of apples in it. I don't even know how she, I couldn't even carry it. Um, you know, and she explained she was homeless and she was sleeping in the back of big lots. And, and, and uh, you know, this goes down a whole nother gateway that I won't open, but you know, she, she definitely, um, identified of, of having some type of, um, mentally medical issues that weren't being serviced. And I, I called a friend that I knew worked in the, the, uh, in the social services area. And, um, you know, she came and they basically found out that she has gone through every service channel that could possibly be gone through and she has gotten kicked out, uh, pushed out or walked Mm -hmm. away. And so the police know she's there, the hospital knows she's there and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And I I had to sit there and explain to a six year old kid why why we couldn't do anything for her, why it wasn't safe to put her in our car. Why, why, you know, and, and, and the, the friend that came, you know, that works in the social services in the city did get her a place to stay overnight. Do I know what happened after? I don't. Um, so, so yeah, there's two, two ends to that. Um, I have people that hang out in front of the callet all the time because we have uh, Wi-Fi. So they, um, they take your internet, they they take my internet, you know, and I will tell you something. I have found I, I try to embrace them in the best way that I can. They're people. We are we are all we, we all come from from the same 
the same base and um just like rats you mean yes yeah you know and and we you know and we can <laughs> tail, tie our tails together and you know <laughs> no and and it's the decisions and choices and circumstances that change what, what direction we've gone and i have these i have people that you know I question, you know, am I safe being in this building alone with them being outside the building? Or, right. you know, am I safe bringing my kid into this building? Um, are the people walking by my building, they're not going to walk by the building if they see these people with no shirts on, you know, um, vaping and jeweling and all this crap. Uh, so, so What I, was that second one, jeweling? Jeweling, it's the new thing. I have a teenager. I know these What's things. What's jeweling? Jeweling is those little USB things that you like plug in and it has like enough nicotine for one pack of cigarettes per smoke. Okay, it's a USB. Wait, tell me more. It's a USB. So it plugs into the, like, a, like a phone or a computer or something? I, I think it plugs into charge. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's the new it's the new thing. Like uh, kids are like smoking in class, and teachers are not even on. Like they don't even know. Okay, so so it's a USB thing, and it somehow gives you nicotine, but it, it works off of a like like an iPhone wall charger type yes, thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So would you charge it at home, and then you bring it out with you, and it's got a little charge in yeah, it, or do you have it, to have the charger with you? No, it holds a charge, and it's like the size. It's like half the size of your thumb. And the only reason why I know things about it is because I asked the people that hang outside my building. <laughs> so it's like micro, it's like micro e-cigs then. Yes. But yes. is it is it masqueraded to look like like something that's not, or is it just so small people can't tell? It's so I don't know that answer. I it's I've seen the USB plug-in port of uh-huh, it, uh-huh. and then it has like the second little piece. But I think that they can look like different things. Sure, that's kind of smart because like you, it's so not it, smart. Well, I, yeah, I mean it's, <laughs> it's yeah, I guess it might not be smart smoking, but it's it's a smart market to invent because like I think about like how much time I would spend fiddling with my pen or chewing on my pencils, and uh, if if they could if they could like hide an e-cigarette in there yeah. right it's already like constantly in my mouth and i'm chewing on it and stuff so if i could somehow get the nicotine out of the pencil yeah you could totally consume nicotine mid-class so i wonder how these little jewel things i, I we're gonna have to look them up yeah that's very intriguing they're they're, they're it, it's it's a new thing i know in the high school they have this big thing like do you see your friends jewel don't let them jewel but then you know i talked to a bunch of high schoolers and like oh so and so is in the back of the class jeweling and is nope. it one time use or do they um no i don't i i think it's a until like you get the to battery reuse it? yeah but yeah. from what i understand it's like a enough nicotine in one liquid nicotine in one that these kids are taking in that it's about a pack and a half of cigarettes and it makes you wonder if, like, if half your class ends up jeweling, it makes you wonder if some of the other kids in there are getting a little extra nicotine in their diet. Just breathing it in on accident. Oh, I see. I, because I, the I vape don't, you don't really see. Yeah, you know, we it don't, we don't know too. enough about that crap. But, I, yeah, I'm not a big well, fan. I feel like, you know, as a, a parent, parental figure of a teenager, um, anything that's putting something to the kid's mouth and fixating them on de-stressing, um, whether it's a USB, you know, liquid nicotine <laughs> thing or anything, you're basically teaching them to decompress with a, a alternative substance, mm-hmm. and and that's just kind of going down the road. But but that's you know another topic. <laughs> well, you know, and I guess to to go kind of back to what Wade was saying, where we're 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 structurally. And franchising, we're structurally embedding disenfranchised people in this community and stuff like that. Um, do you think part of the problem 
is that you have these two working you have these two opposing forces where you're trying to build this community in the main in the meanwhile other people have a direct a direct um i don't know impulse or a directed some people have a, a direct interest in doing actions that would destabilize this not de not deliberately but there 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 is a financial incentive for them to reinforce behaviors that w are ultimate are ultimately detrimental to the, the long-term survival of the city isn't that how it always is everywhere yeah I, but i you, mean it, it's well you know you, you, sorry as i do the it, it's it's the it's the it's the big game of not in my backyard where like you have all these other surrounding committees communities and bigger cities basically dumping their problems in your in your in, in your backyard and and like Auburn and like uh, Binghamton that have those same types of issues that are obviously larger cities we have to have the the um, city government look at this and take the reality of what's happening and and you know find ways to fix it. I mean, as I was saying before, and um, and I know we're gonna be moving on in a bit, but, but uh, you know, the gentleman that keeps wearing no shirt in front of my building all the time, you know, I, I'm polite, I give him water bottles because he must be hot if he's got no shirt on in September. How, does, you know? it, does he look good without a shirt on? I you don't have to answer that every question. Every day, oh, <laughs> I look forward to it every day. No. You, you, get, you yeah. get in the vapors? And, and I, you know, and I give him water, and then finally I'm like, dude, do you own a shirt? Like we got to get to the point where you're putting on a shirt in front of my building. I have people coming in here to look at this building. Um, now I know his name. Now I gave him my business card. And back in January, I got a weird phone call um, with a voicemail on my phone at three o'clock in the morning saying, hey lady, uh, lady at the Callet, I'm pretty sure this is your phone number. I think there's somebody trying to break into the building. Uh -huh. um, and it was shirtless guy. Uh -huh. um, who was hanging out at three o'clock in the morning, walking by the callet and saw something go down and and had my card with my number on it and called me. So shirtless guy's got your back. It's you know and and is he wearing a shirt now? He's wearing. He actually every time I see him, he does this to me. But uh, you know, you're shirt. lifting your shirt up. Is is that him just pretending like he's got a shirt on? No, no, he he's got one on. He's like, oh, he's look, got he's one like, on. I got a shirt on. He, he does every time. He, and and I see him in some weird places, and 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 he sees me and he smirks, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, yeah. I mean, he's wearing like one of those like tank tops in December, but it's... was it a, was it a legitimate threat that he had prevented? Um, somebody did try to kick in the door in some capacity, and and um, I've recently been getting phone calls. People not identifying themselves, saying somebody's dumping garbage in your dumpster. Uh, so, so I, I've made acquaintances with <laughs> some of the. Uh, hey, you the, got your own little community watch. Yeah, so, somewhat, you know, I, and they'll protect you from trolls. I, oh, troll! Oh, trolls! <laughs> don't trolls live underground? I Actually, <laughs> I don't know where they live. I was just trying to transition. Recently, <laughs> a very harsh recently, transition. Yeah, we've not perfected the art, but recently, tro <laughs> trolls live on the internet. I'd say the most. Um, and I wanted to talk about the topic of trolls because you are someone that is a pr relatively optimistic person. You're definitely uh, one of my lesser cynical friends. You're not nearly as cynical as myself or most most of everybody else. I'd say. You're pretty optimistic. I'd say I'm pretty pessimistic, but you're realistic. Doing what you do, you put yourself out there, right? Like you definitely put yourself out there, saying, "I believe in this community. I believe we can do better. I believe we can make it better." 
but there are just fuckers that just want to they just do and say really really negative things like it's kind of hard up so to bring up the school shooting down in texas right it's a pretty horrible thing everyone can pretty much agree to that but you still have people like on facebook creating these memes that are meant to be comedic but they're super super insensitive and it's kind of i don't know like it's really a shitty thing like it's i don't i don't really think it's a good thing and it's not something that i think it's something that's grown and i don't know if it's grown with the internet or with social media in general having like a platform without any type of consequence but i think you know as many of people as many people are like you michelle that you know kind of just put your best foot forward and say you know i really believe that we can do this and we're gonna do this and this is a positive thing there are probably like five more people that are like i'm going to shit on this from my keyboard and make fun of everything that they do because you know i'm just i i'm somehow given attention and the attention that I'm given, negative or positive, I've caused a reaction, and that is what is motivating me. That's like my reward for doing that. Like, do you do you feel that there are people who just oppose you just to be dicks? Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Oh, <laughs> are you raising your hand for a question? Or are you saying you oppose me just to be a dick? I just oppose you. <laughs> <laughs> um. um I rat queen. <laughs> See, I, I find the positive in that. <laughs> I, I want that to be the episode title. I, I can rat swim. <laughs> I'm queen. highly trainable. I'm very, in, you know, intelligent. There's a lot of positives to the rat thing. I mean, shoot, they, most most animals that would get their tie, you know, tails tied together would just sit there and die, but they somehow coordinate to are you, move. Are you saying that rats are an employer uh, an employer mindset versus the rest of the animal kingdom's employees? I'm just say, yeah i'm just saying they're the boss <laughs> but anyways um you said a really important word and and i will i i fess up to it all the time i totally have a facebook addiction and um and i love it and i don't look in any direction to change that <laughs> um but you said an important word that I'm I'm learning about in my social media discovery of myself I'm learning about I'm learning how to change and adapt to to being um, an adult and a contributing member to the community and living on social media. Oh yeah, the two are mutually exclusive, honey. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and you then the important word that I think is platform. Um, I think that these conversations have always been happening and these these jokes afterwards have always been there because sometimes the the jokes are just, you know, logical. <laughs> like they, yeah. they, they you know, they're they're there and they can come out easily. But but now um rather than it be a joke amongst, you know, five people hanging out in a garage bar right. um and it doesn't go any further than that and, and you know, Tommy's a really funny guy. And did you hear his funny joke about the school shooting? And, you know, and the wives are like, oh, that's what an insensitive jerk. And um, right. now it's like, I'm going to put it out there and, you know, Aunt Mabel's going to see it and everybody else is going to see it. And then, and yeah, now. And you have friends and family that might have been directly affected. Yeah. And so I think that it's us learning how to identify with what this, this platform does. And I don't think, I think that there's just. I feel actually there's got to be a psychology that is not being tapped into um, as quickly as it's being developed about this. You know, sometimes I say things on Facebook just to piss people off. So to your point, do you think that trolls are like a result of our our ignorance 
of the platform? Or do you think, like Wade's saying, that these trolls are just sitting there going, ha, 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 I'm going to piss off some fucking people today? I think it's a little bit of both. These people have always existed. These personality traits are are come and go in waves. I just said that I sometimes say shit on Facebook just to piss people off um, because I'm in a shitty mood and in and, and, and some case it might be part of my developing character. I mean, let's it's reality. We're not perfect. Um, so so do, do I think people have always been trolls. They've just been underground and now they aren't. Uh, they have a voice now. Yeah, they have a voice. They feel voice. they feel like they have a voice, and it's and it's this platform uh, of um, you know accountability uh, of you know self esteem, building your self esteem off of saying things that you're too weak to say elsewhere. Um, so I know that it's termed as internet trolls, but but um, I think they've always we, we all have a little troll in us and and uh you know we come to those points sometimes shit i've learned this new thing that i type things in social media and i don't hit send or you know the arrow button or whatever Mm -hmm. and and then i feel really good like i fake said it kind of like i put things in my shopping cart all the time and then walk away you know (laughs) you know that they save all those those search and text terms right so even if you don't send it the machine knows that you thought it. I, that's I don't care about the machine. I'm, you know, but oh, but what you should. It, it's kind of like writing in my you know journal and and you know erasing it. Gunnar, you're uh, you're closest to the pulse as far as everyone in this group. I'd say to the online community that is probably more rich in trolls like you know more about 4chan than anyone here i'd say more about reddit for sure than anyone here i'd say more entrenched in it anyway in your opinion what do you think has the trolling gotten significantly worse do you think there's been a massive rise in it and was there something was there a point that you can think of when it was like okay yeah i remember at this date or this certain time or this certain this kind of area that it really started to pick up steam if it has increased well it's kind of it's kind of this tipping point effectively when it helps if i sit right in front of the gosh darn microphone um so i uh i knew a couple of groups that were kind of the predecessors to what anonymous became and uh back in the day like their big thing was they like would hunt down people who were like circulating child porn or like producers and stuff like that and basically do like docs before doxing became a thing and for for those that don't know because michelle do you know what doxing is i no, i don't know so just basically quick and dirty doxing is effectively so for the most part when you're interacting online you're using an al you're an id or even if you have your real name on it that that doesn't mean anything and doxing is the act of basically disclosing identifiable real-world information in a public setting to someone on the internet, i.e., Michelle, you know, what you so say something on Facebook. Sorry. What? I was talking over. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Well, listen. <laughs> now I was going to say. Double talking over by apologizing yeah, about yeah, sorry, it. <laughs> please continue. <laughs> well, because what, 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 what effectively is, is let's say, let's say you say, you say some dumb shit. And to a certain extent that, you know, like, actually this follows into it because to, to, to a certain extent you say some dumb shit, maybe you come to a point where you realize this, I, what I said was fucking dumb and I apologize, 
but you know, like there wasn't any real world consequence for it. But when people start physically disclosing, you work here, you're here, you know, like we have, we have here, here's, here's your, you know, here, here's the church that you attend. Here's where you live. You know, it's like there, there is, there is, a, there's a thing where like people, you know, we've, we, we've become rapidly more polarized because our threshold, our, our threshold of, of people crossing us has gone down over time. That you know, it only takes one nut job, and the cons- you know, the, you know, like again, the the act- the effective cost of enabling that one nut job has dramatically gone down due to the way that the world's networked and stuff like that. And it was funny when you were like, you know, doing this to like get guys who were involved in criminal activity exposed. Oh, yay, internet vigil- vigilantism! Except. You know, what if you nail the wrong guy or the wrong person? But the problem is, is that at least back in the day, this was something that, you know, like this was before the commercialization of the internet as a proper, like you didn't have Twitter, you didn't have Facebook. And now you have these platforms where explicitly they depend on this kind of behavior because it's, 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 it's almost like that you need, you need trolls because it's how they build psychological profiles of people, how you react to negative you know how how people react to negative stimulus. It's why they promote accounts that have people with like just fucking immensely reprehensible. Isn't that a theory? Posi- <laughs> you're what you're saying is the trolls the litmus test for for people's like psyche, right? Yes. Like, is that what you're saying? Because I'm saying it's it's, it's, they're they're used they're they're used they're they're effectively they're incentivized to permit that behavior because. It allows them to get a more deep insight into the non-flagrant asshole Can portion it just of the be internet. Simpler? Can it just be the fact that people focus on negative shit and oh. they see the troll's message, they stare at it. Facebook knows how much time people engage with these posts and they're artificially promoted under, I don't know, it's bad con. It's it's negative. I shouldn't say bad. It's negative content, and it, it makes its way to the top because people are stopping and staring at it like it's a car accident happening in yes. front of them. No, I I, I, like, I mean, does it, where I'm calling it a litmus test that has to exist. I don't. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe there's a conspiracy in in Twitter and Facebook and every freaking news site on the planet is is bringing those things to the top, or maybe they just have a blind algorithm that stops and checks to see how much time you're reading it and puts it up there because of engagement. So I, I imagine that there's people all over this world that lock people in their basements or in their sheds, right? And, and you know, like they kidnap people and, and these people have been missing for like 20, 30 years and they're locked in some shed somewhere or in like a secret room in their basement. And, and to me, those people are real life trolls, and then if we why just, are you looking at me when you're making this statement? I see now that's weird because I was not looking at you. <laughs> so that so for the fact that I said that, remind me never to come to your house. I don't have a basement. If that makes you feel any better, that we know about aren't those called serial killers? That well, you're so, but they're but they're not serial killers because they're not caught yet. You know, and who says that they're um, <laughs> who says that the people are dead? They just might be living in their basement. So so my whole point is that those are like real life trolls. So when you put a platform in front of them, they become Internet trolls because I'm sure that they're like like, you know, typing away a storm of, you know, weird memes. And, you know, I met this guy who for sure I thought did not know how to, to like change font colors and and he's really kind of in my perspective creepy 
and the man knows how to like Photoshop things and create websites, and that's kind of scary to me. I, 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 like, it, I, I'm just like, what does he do in his spare time? And he, he has, has a lot of it. He has people in his basement. That, oh, he. Oh, I. I joke with him all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do because he, he. He is just. <laughs> you have you 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 you're keeping dungeon slaves. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't like when I think of the average internet troll. I don't think of like a serial killer. <laughs> I think of like some thirty-something like jackhole who, for some reason, has some sort of a he's felt he's been slighted in life or something like that, and he wants to bring someone down to his misery, like the the incel generation. Yes, yeah, like remember South Park where they did the World of Warcraft? How can you kill that which has no life? (laughs) That's the fucker, like I imagine, like an inner troll or inner internet troll is. Now back to Gunner's point. Gunner, it's interesting you said that Facebook kind of thrives on these, and it's like the internet troll is almost like the litmus test, as Trace had said. I mean, it's because is it because it's just so extreme? It's just such extreme negativity that that's what you measure all like reactions based on it. Like, is it, that's at the the end of the spectrum, if you will? Well, it, it, it's the only reason that I even bring up the the the, the pretense the, the the statement that I. I have suspicions that they deliberately promote it is because there are equally controversial and inflammatory responses to content produced by certain uh, groups that would be labeled as minorities like lesbian, you know, like the, the LGBTQ quarter. And I don't know if you're familiar with I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there's like the, there, there have been there have been very big purges of you know that content as of late on certain on on these social platforms like YouTube and, and Facebook and you know like there's been there's been you know like they, they tune the algorithms and again I don't maybe to your point maybe it's just the algorithm tuning like the engagement and the audiences but it's also like you you want to take you want to take it where it is is that uh, there there it comes with the premise that if there is deliberate hostile action against these. There are certain laws that basically say that, you know, like you can't, you know, like it it gets into this whole thing where like there's questions of if there's an actual legal response to hostile attacks against them. It's almost anti-bullying at that point, right? you, you, You don't, and basically what they're doing is that they're deliberately trying to prevent their exposure in that. So they just get rid of the, they get rid of the, the, the content, you know, they, they get rid of the people who are in that group. Ergo, they're not legally exposed when those people are harassed. But then if they're doing that, then that means that they're actively they're actively cultivating the audience. They're actively cultivating the group that they're promoting. Ergo, all of these fucking deliberately inflammatory people are being kept on the platform by a choice. So there has to be some purpose for that. Do you think it's bait? Well, I, and again, I I think that it, it's it gets into this whole like um oh, I can't remember what the frick his name was. Very nice, the very nice, the very nice. I shouldn't say nice, but the dude, the dude. There was a dude who was basically Zuckerberg's co-founder for Facebook, and I, I think it's Chamath Palahaptia. The in, the Indian gentleman. Yes, the yeah. Indian gentleman, and you know we come back to that a couple times here. But one of the things that he talks about is that like one of his biggest regrets was that when they like he didn't realize the extent of the social programming that like Facebook and these platforms were going to become. And right, it's the um, it's it's. They're like fighting for the immediate. They they want immediate uh, results. They want immediate hits. They want immediate traffic with really 
no regard for the long-term effects that it might have on society. So, yeah, so the, the sensations are making it to the feed um, instead of stuff that might not be as sensational, but it's also, because it's not as sensational, it's not, it's, it's doesn't have as high of a hit rate. It doesn't have as high of an engagement rate. And yeah, because the, 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 at least the, the talk by that guy whose name I can't pronounce, um, yeah, that was, that's, that's kind of what I got from him is he wanted to fix social media so that it wasn't so like instant gratification and 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 whatever Uh, how can you fix something that you don't understand well this guy was an executive at facebook so he happens to be one of the few people that that at least by when he gets up and speaks he kind of says no i was part of i'm part of 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 a team i was part of a team he doesn't work there anymore but he's like i was an executive at facebook this these are these were our quarterly goals on 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 traffic and on um because um, because you know it comes down to um, whether you're selling a product or uh, or you're trying to get more likes on your page or whatever I don't know if you can monetize you can't really monetize because one thing I see a lot of and we think we were talking about this before like the stuff like the like the tasty stuff where they just show somebody like stirring potatoes what how the fuck are they making money like do they have stuff that they sell like did they have are they are they trying to get you to buy a tasty mug? Like how are they making money? That's the part that I'm not too sure about. But it's still that instant gratification where you're scrolling through your feed and you stop and you see somebody biting into a piece of chocolate cake. You're like, oh, what the fuck are they going to do? It's like, well, the best chocolate cake you ever eaten. Melt some fucking chips, and then before you know it, you're like staring at this thing and you're engaged. But that whole instant gratification. It's not a good example of trolling. Um, but that instant gratification, at least that's the impression I got from, from this guy. And Facebook was prioritizing that because it kept people engaged, despite the fact that it could be rotting us all at the core. Well, <laughs> but I guess that's what I'm, I'm, I, I want to understand the background of is, so this guy that we don't know his name or how to pronounce it, Charmoth Palihapja. Voldemort. Um, we, how um, he was part of something and regrets being part of it, but when he was part of it, he did not see how it was going to progress, which means he had no way to predict, which is, again, comes back to right where we are, is w- that we don't understand the psychology of what we're participating in right now. The, I mean, I'm curious to know, are there... Are there programs in colleges and universities that are social media psychology based? Like, are there, you know, remember when like uh, uh, cybersecurity started hitting big and every college was getting cybersecurity programs? Uh, do, do we have a, uh, a social media psychology programs that are, are hitting big to understand it? Because my point about talking about weird serial killers in basements is, is that it's in some level the same parallel of the same mindset that is going on to the internet and doing those things there's something psychological that is making somebody um try to destroy defame de- whatever somebody on social media um and and that's the same there, there's some psychological base to someone who's off kilter in, in reality they're off kilter in you know Whatever, what is the internet called? The non-reality. Well, you know, and 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 here's 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 the thing. Uh, if you listen to his talk, there, I mean, like he actually he has said that, like, they kind of knew what this was going to turn into, 
just because of Zuckerberg's previous experience with his other like horrendously antisocial web apps that he had done. But you go back, there's like there's a couple centuries worth of research on this because effectively what they did is they built a digital panopticon. And a panopticon is a prison where everybody's open, but they're under constant 100%, 100% of the time surveillance. Sounds like so a new transformer. So that basically it was an open air prison and the guards were always watching you. And there, you know, like you couldn't leave. You were, you were, you, the cells were like the cell floors were opened to the air, but you had no privacy whatsoever. And you were just trapped in this room and you were always exposed. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you go. You know, like there was no, there was no night or day. And it's, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that the troll, the troll part of that too, is that effectively the only way that you get privacy if you are under, if you are constantly surrounded by people, is that you have to destroy them. You have to drown them out. And if they're, if everybody's yelling at them, if everybody's yelling at someone else, they're not looking at you. Why can't you just not look? Um, I, 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 I mean, because you're on the platform. You see, the pro- the problem, the problem is, is that you know, the, the panopticon works because of the panopticon works because of effectively this idea in game theory. You know, it's the crabs. The crabs pulling every everybody else back in the bucket. It's it's like id like Facebook and Twitter are effectively these digital prosthetics for your id, and they just all that fucking vicious animal behavior that like at least at some point had to take a break is running all the time in the background externally, and it just fucking it, it like it just it, eventually it crystallizes on somebody because they just can't handle it and they fucking turn on the crew I and mean, try and bring everybody back down. Let me talk about like Facebook. The more and more I think about Facebook and I hear these recollections of what well, we didn't know exactly what it was going to be, it just reminds me of like the atomic bomb. It's like it's not this great invention. At first we thought it was this great invention, right? It's going to solve the war, it's going to save the war, but no one ever thought about the people being blown away and the people being damaged and the damage is going to leave I mean and left generationally and I think Facebook is that. I don't think Facebook is a positive thing. I think it is inherently negative. I think at first when it came out, it was like, oh, great way to keep up with people, great way to stay connected. But then you started to see the uglier side of humanity, which is always there. And then you start checking your phone every five, ten minutes. And then you got to know what everything is going. Then you're throwing shit out there just to piss people off. And that's not being a productive member of society or a productive member of the community. That's being a shitty person. And that's not... You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do things to elicit a negative response from other people. Like, I understand it's it's fun and we all do it. Trust me, I've done it before. But it's Facebook is not, I don't think it's a positive thing at all. I think it's becoming, we're starting to see now, is this our atomic bomb? Is this this, this generation's atomic bomb? Can we come back from this? How will this, ha- how will this affect future generations? Isn't this though, isn't it like rock and roll back in the 60s? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, mm-hmm. okay? When when rock and roll and Kiss came out and you know uh, our parents or great uncles or whomever you know one gener or two generations uh, above us when we're you know listening to the records in private and our parents were coming down you're listening to Hellfire on music and it changed the generation yeah I mean don't um, isn't that what the progression of of uh, history 
as it goes, something comes into the picture that challenges us to to solve, to work through. I mean, and and Facebook, Facebook is our decades problem. My children's problem is Snapchat and then whatever comes next. They don't touch Facebook. It's far f- more fucked up than Facebook. I mean, now they can say anything they want to someone and it disappears and there's no accountability to well, it whatsoever. The the machine still knows though. I yeah, the machine I you know what? I'm going to die before I know who the machine is. <laughs> I I you know like I'm I don't know about the machine. I mean like no, I, I mean literally the machine still you know I I guess I get where you're coming from, where you're talking about like it's 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 a social instrument, and barring if you believe conspiracy theories about the the military industrial complex deliberately inserting music into you know deliberately interfering with the music industry to you know like the the out there the out you know the out there like '70s conspiracy talk. The different the difference between rock and roll and Facebook and Twitter is that Facebook and Twitter are deliberately designed to psychologically manipulate you. I mean, like, you know, rock and roll, you know, like, the mu- music itself, I mean, like, you could say, you know, like, you could say the pop industry, the pop industry, the pop industry, yeah, I, I would I would say it's a, it's exactly the same thing, where they have fucking people sitting in a room doing physio-psycho-response studies to, like, you know, like, how people are, you know, like, the, the, focus, the focus group testing and all that shit. But, you know... There, there was there was there was a deliberate subversive quality to rock, to, to, to to rock music at least through the sixty you know like the the, the late fifties or you know like to the end of the sixties that I think scared the shit out of a bunch of bunch of people who actually like decide things and that that that, that shit had to stop and they found out all of the advan- you know like all the all the stuff that could influence change from that they found out what it was and they did you know they commercialized it and they used it they used it for their advantage ever since and facebook and twitter never had that point where it was like this is this is for the this is this is just an expression of art or something like that it is it is just it is just a tool used to suborn the human consciousness for you know if you get something out of it great but really it's not for you i'm with michelle so where would the origin be so i'm with michelle on this a little bit i think i think what you're describing correct me if i'm wrong is that if you look at um, you know the rock and roll revolution, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, what you had was you had um, content was being created. It was being created with a certain public um, opinion, a certain public reception uh, to that content, and then the generation was raised with that content, and then the generations actually their actual behaviors were modified based on that, um, and that's the media loop, right, where you consume and then. Other people see your reaction to the consuming of it, and then they react to your reaction. And this is a natural feedback loop that the media always struggles with. And I do agree. I think that Facebook does have a little bit of that feedback loop. But one of the things about feedback that can make it really, really strange and make it spiral out of control is the amount of time it takes for something to happen, for somebody to react to that, and then for that person to do an action and then another person to react. When it was the music industry, what you had was a lot of this kind of uh, kind of pre, like, you, you already knew what the old, old, old rock and roll was, 
right? So when the new rock and roll came out, that was kind of like a more extreme version of that. But it happened over years. And with Facebook, it's really interesting because it happens over seconds. That's the part that I think is interesting. And these trolls can have have an impact on somebody almost instantaneously. And it can go into a frenzy. And everybody has an opinion about a topic. And everybody's being interviewed about their opinions on a topic. And it was just like born out of controversy. So I think the filter, natural filtering process doesn't happen. Well, I think like also though, rock and roll wasn't built in a lab designed to manipulate people into what like this one central idea had but the marketing was i mean look at the beatles and ed sullivan and the and the hysteria surrounding that look at at pet rock look at coca-cola marketing and advertising that that was built in a think tank right i i mean that that uh, all all we're doing is evolving and 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 we're part of that evolution of it no but i feel like at least then Whatever hysteria or hype there was, it was behind uh, a talent or uh, at least there was an individual to begin with or individuals to begin with, like a band or something like that, something to build it off. This, what we're consuming now, is all from one place. There's not a variety of places you can go to subscribe and get it. You can get it from, you can get Facebook. Facebook's its own experience. Twitter's its own experience. But there's, there aren't two Facebooks. There aren't multiple no. Facebooks. No, there's there's one. And one dude made that, and one dude will tell you what you can and can't do on his platform, and he will manipulate you how he wants to. To he wants you to be manipulated to make it more profitable for himself. If I don't like the fucking Beatles, I'll go listen to Jimi Hendrix. I'll go listen to Rolling Stones. So that's my point: is the consumer, if you want to look at it from an economic standpoint, rock and roll. I had many different brands to go with, many different messages. Facebook or social media, I can go have the Facebook experience or just not have it. And that's my, my point. That's why it's not like rock and roll. Rock and roll, at least you had options and you had choices you could make. Facebook, you don't have choices. You can make I either engage or I don't engage. And if I, I choose to engage, I have to deal with these internet trolls that are psychologically aren't good for you. I don't think they're good for you. I mean, there are some people that handle it better, for sure. Some people that handle it worse. Er- ergo, my, my previous podcast comments about looking at doom porn because that's, that's effectively <laughs> the same fucking thing. But why do you guys look? I, I mean, here's my my biggest question is I have conversations with people. I feel out of the loop all the time. I, I can't even conversate with women my age anymore because they're like, oh, did you see that meme? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't I don't have the time I, I, to to uh, scroll through these things. And, and then I'll tell you when I see something that irritates me, I either engage it or I just I, I'm like, I somebody on the city of Oneida Republican page said some <laughs> moron comment. And I was right. like, right. I, I'm going to engage it. I'm going to engage mm-hmm. it. And then I was like, yeah, fuck them. They're, you know, they're their own worst enemy. I, I, but why, why, why are we programmed to, to keep looking? Well, how, and how long did it take? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, how long fine. did it take you to learn to not reply? Because it took me a long time. Me too. Yeah. Um, I, how long did it take? I don't know how long. Did, yeah. To, to, realize that I didn't really want to get into this conversation right. with there's certain people that I'm still friends on on social media and I can look at trace he knows some of the same people I'm talking about I, I I'm like I sometimes don't want to delete them because I want to see what ridiculous shit somebody <laughs> else is going to say to them to push them over the edge I I'm cool with you know I know who loves Trump I know who loves Hillary and and I know not to comment to them but I'm gonna watch someone else who's dumber do it 
right. because it's it's sit at three o'clock in the morning in my bed when I can't sleep entertainment. Uh, so uh, I I don't I I don't know I I just kind of if I see something that please and I've been the I mean go to topics you know you've hit it big when you're on topics. Uh, and by hit it big, I mean, you don't hit it big, but when you become a topic on topics, it, it's, you know, that, that's like, isn't that like an internet troll place? Isn't that when people go to just slam you or talk about your private personal life, um, in their perspective? Um, I, I, I just, I, you know, ignore it. I, I don't really engage with it if it doesn't have to do with making a really good cake or a um, tortellini casserole, or a um, you know an, a craft, or you know has to do with a grant or something cool. So so earlier you said that you picture these trolls as the people that potentially lock people in their basement just happen to have a keyboard. However, I think what is actually happening is. Um, although I could be completely wrong because there's people that are just notorious trolls. But what I think is actually happening is closer to what like you and Wade just kind of danced between was, you know that that person made a comment that's going to explode. They, they, they knew it was controversial. They might not have known that it was going to explode and they say it anyways. The trolling is, I feel it, it's, yeah, there's people that, that provoke it, but there's also people just like you and I that just make a bad judgment call, but it's like they watch other people do it. They see them make these bold statements, and then they just make these bold statements. So I think a lot of the trolling, that, at least that from my personal experience, is really people just feeling like they can make blanket statements on polarizing issues. It might, it's not always polarizing issues. And, uh, and, and they do it. They really don't care about who they piss off when they do it. It, but isn't that part of the evolution of it? Didn't we start earlier on social media saying things and commenting and fighting back and forth? And then we have evolved to learn that it's draining. Well, yeah, but the, but the thing was, the thing is, is that it used to just be, you know, in theory, your engagement would just be your social, your social group. And you can say that maybe that expands a little bit online, but the scope of this has become that the machine... And I know I, I I don't mean that, but you know, like they're design. Like when I make earlier, when I was saying doom porn, I'm not actively going out to find doom porn, but the machine is the machine is forcing that suggestion on me because of some tangential thing, like that maybe like you look in aggregate. Like I've done a psychological profile of people who've looked at these certain topics or have watched this video by this person, and you may be interested in this. And as you know, like. Facebook will do that or Facebook will push or promote post or Twitter will promote tweets, you know, and like actually that's even thing like where you, like you're subscribed to stuff like let's say that you're subscribed to get notifications from a certain person. That doesn't matter because Facebook will deliberately manipulate Facebook or Twitter will deliberately manip manipulate how things appear on your feed to try and get you to click on a thing so that they can want, you know, they can read like because part of that too is that Facebook, Facebook and Twitter when they push, when you sign in on their web app or on your phone, they're deliberately inserting tracking cookies so that they can go and see what you're doing as well, because they use that to fine tune that. Like, okay, I don't care what you've deliberately engaged on. I'm also looking at what you're doing outside of my platform to build a better profile to push 
certain topics that will force you to engage more frequently when you come back to the mothership. See, but I keep hearing two things. So I keep hearing really, really concise, smart marketing. <laughs> like, like, like that's what I hear. And then I hear um, the evolution of, of social interaction. And, and they've somehow weaved together. Are they, are they, but aren't they the same thing? No, not really. Are, I, I, are, well, I, I hang out with certain people that are in my, in my neighborhood or in my area or in my community because we have like interests, okay? I don't hang out with douchebags because I don't like people that like certain things. Now you're putting me on a platform where I'm all over the place and around people that are either going to be super douchebags or people that I'm going to like. I can have more friends with similar interests, more friends not. That's the social aspects in my mind. Now you're talking about this whole other aspect of your machine and and the marketing and the the manipulation of information. I feel like they're two different things um, that come together. And I, And again, I feel like it's something that no, we're not putting in enough investigation into understanding. I, I don't know. It's like a the the two thousand version of Mad Men. I agree. We there, it is two different things. One of them is, um, so if trolls are manufactured, right? And if you go to the, to one side of the conspiracy, they're simply manufactured. They either exist in the wild, and they're being um, they're they're being brought to the top. Um, or they're actually being created like an organization is just putting trolls out there. And I would say both happen to exist in the wild. That has a um, that is a result of the social impact of social media. Um, but it also has a lasting impact on it as well, right? So that's its own uh, feedback loop. And the other thing which we, we've, we've, we've kind of covered in previous weeks is this concept, this artificial feed that is created by Facebook. And they, they are kind of interlinked, but they aren't necessarily the same problem. Um, and what Gunnar, Gunnar brought up, which I'm really glad he brought up, and this is kind of off topic from trolls, but I really like, I really like this topic is, if, Michelle, if I go to your Facebook feed right now, it's not in chronological order. So if you posted something yesterday, it's not on the top. What's on the top is is it's usually what has the most likes within the last like month. It's fucked up because if you just if you just announced something that was very important to you but Facebook didn't perceive it as important, then that news is not being shared with the masses. And that's when it starts to get really strange. So it really doesn't have so much to do with trolls as it has to do with with Facebook's algorithm for choosing what's a higher priority uh, newsfeed item. Now, in some cases, this works terrific. Um, in some cases, your neighbor is posting a picture of, of their cat um, chasing its tail in the living room, and you really don't give a shit, right? It's You might like the neighbor and you might like the cat, but in the grand scheme of your walking life, unless unless you just helped the cat to recovery, it chasing its tail around may not mean anything to you. It might not be as important as as a baby being born or somebody announcing um, an engagement or something like that. So in some cases, it helps. It helps filter out the stuff that's not important. But in a lot of cases, and this is what I've observed, is that Facebook tends to prefer their own and they tend to prefer uh, prefer in certain formats. Um, 
and I'm actually, I've been on like the promotion side of it and it's even stranger. So what Facebook does is if you want your post to be on top um, and you're a company, um, and I've think you run a company page as well, maybe. Yes. So you've had to deal with this, and um, and we do too. We have a podcast page, and it's constantly asking us for this. But what you do is you pay them money, and they put your post on more people's walls. You can do it based on geographic location. You can do it based on friends, friends of friends, and all that stuff. Um, and the more money you give them, um, the longer it'll run, and the more people it'll try to reach. That kind of makes sense. But what's interesting is some things they don't allow, and I've learned this the hard way. Um, I was doing. I was helping with a music competition, and the only thing that we had at the time was the rules. <laughs> and when we put the, the link to the rules in there, the rules have a lot of text, and Facebook actually declines the promotion. They won't even take your money mm-hmm. because it's not. They say it's not engaging, and that's an interesting thing. It's like, well, you. You don't know how valuable this text is. You don't know how valuable it is to the community and to its members. And the fact that you don't want me to waste my money on it because people don't stop and look at text is crazy because it was just 20 years ago where you'd get this fucking text and you'd put it in a bulletin board in a restaurant and you'd say, hey, this is a local competition that I'm doing. It's a singing competition and here are the rules. And I realized that people's marketing might not be effective. Maybe they should put somebody dancing on there with competition rules, call for inquiry or visit our site. But it's like how quickly we've moved away from information being engaging. Nobody reads. Well, I mean, but I also think Facebook, although... When people associate the word social media, they immediately kind of jump to Facebook because probably the movie, the social network, whatever. I feel it has very little to do with being social. I feel more like we are just cattle and they are hurting us to where they need to hurt us to be able to milk us for the maximized amount of dollars for their for the people that they subscribe for. It has nothing to do with connecting with people it's not like a super easy thing to connect with people on facebook like you got to try and search them out and then they have private pages so they can't be accessed like it's not a very social network at all it's really just i feel like it's very divisive and it's very much like shove things in my face that you think i'm interested in and some of this stuff is kind of crazy because sometimes we'll be talking about something and I'll never have seen an ad for it. And then I'll yeah, all of a sudden I've, see I've, an ad I've, for I've it. I've been like randomly checking throughout the podcast to see to see what suggestions start coming up in my... Uh... That's a good point, Wade, the economic part of it because... Um, and I see, Michelle, you're about to make a point, so keep that thought. <laughs> because um, if, if you were to buy an ad in the classifieds, as long as it doesn't violate the terms of the newspaper, they don't care how boring it is. You could buy out three pages worth of uh, of something and they're okay with that as long as you give them the money that buys you that space what's interesting about facebook though is is that they're so concerned about people getting a return on their vest investment that they tell you what you could fucking advertise with fuck them that's not their choice yeah but newspapers back when newspapers weren't about to die mm-hmm. they would you couldn't you, your ads had to be X amount of size and X amount of thing, and you couldn't always get in at the same amount of, you know, the same time, the same week that you asked. You know, now newspapers are dead or dying, and, and so they will take your money in did, any capacity. That might be true, did but I newspaper- remember half-page ads saying that you could get your fortune telling. I mean, they were fucking garbage back then. They're, they're, it's really who has the money to buy the space. And Facebook says, no, you know what? We 
we don't think you're going to get results from this. Our studies show you don't get results from this. We're going to decline your advertisement because because it doesn't it doesn't compete with the fucking potatoes being stirred in a goddamn frying pan. I have a problem with that. And I know we're going way off topic of trolls, but what I even have a bigger problem with is them deciding that they're going to try crushing every video service on the planet. And I might have brought this up before, but um, I know I haven't today. If you want to share a video that's not hosted on Facebook, it gets buried. And I mean bad. Like, let's say there's a there's a, a, a TED Talk and it's on YouTube, right? Because TED has a YouTube channel. If you put that link on your wall and you share it, it gets almost no engagement. Whereas if you go to TED's website and you share you reshare the video that they've uploaded into the Facebook platform it gets more views so they're actually they're not only prioritizing uh, what you can advertise but they're actually burying stuff that you want to share with people because you're not using their platform exclusively as the source of the content and that pisses me off uh, yes i see that i will tell you one thing um, if you go into facebook ad manager now Mm -hmm. Um, they have started to let you post things with more wording. On really? Them. Yes. Could, so, so that has, that has transitioned to, because I've used to go through the same problem that you, you know, you had, um, and I had like this much, you know, wording. Um, so, so I've seen that change, uh, to, to something that Wade was saying, um, I have made friends from Facebook that I did not know, not wow. from other friends. Yeah, wow. that's same story. Um, and, and, and not because I was in like a, a social club or, or a, a club page or a, uh, what are those, group page. I mean, like, I, I, I use Facebook uh, garage sale. Like, you wouldn't know. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, people, you know, people ask, oh, where'd you get them? Like, Facebook garage sale. Oh, no, they're destroying it, Craigslist. I mean, that's, yeah. that's well, the I mean, Craigslist you know, is Facebook. But are we so sad that Craigslist is being destroyed? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a, order brides I, it's a better service. However, it's never good when the competition gets destroyed and you have to go to one fucking place to do it. It's not a good but, thing. But, but here's the thing though. I, I think that's, what's part of the change is that things are, um, more, more singular and, like Walmart um, tra transitioning. <laughs> what, but, what did but, that do to the United community? Walmart. Put every other grocery store out of business and every other small mom and pop shop out of business and decimated your community. That's, that's what Walmart. That's did. gonna. It's it's going to continue. If it's not Walmart, it's going to be the new automotive oh, company that's buying these. out all of the the automotive things. I mean, Ford that's, Motor Car Company not making cars anymore. Well, I I mean. <sighs> I lost my train of thought when he said Facebook. Ford, correct. Facebook oh, no, show. Facebook. I, I mean, again, I'm going to say Facebook is our problem. It is, is our generation's problem. The generation after us doesn't even engage. Well, yeah, so, and, and this is a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Because in back to the, this, your, your comment about Snapchat and whatever, that's even more terrifying. Absolutely. See, that's where I disagree. But, but why? Oh, well. No, I disagree. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Um, I'm going to wrestle you. We will. And you have your reasons. And you have very valid reasons for being scared Good of that job. platform. The reason I don't think it's as scary is because I actually don't believe it has as much of a social stronghold on our communities. And, and I'll explain why. Snapchat is really like group messaging. If I want to send a, a snap 
to five friends, I have to select them every time and share that content with them. So I actually am forced to choose who I share it with instead of blindly sharing it with the world. Also, there's no comments in Snapchat. You can message somebody back on a snap, but it doesn't go to the whole group. So to me, Snapchat actually is more, it's closer to the original form of communication. Now, go ahead and tell me how it scares you, and I could probably predict a few of those reasons. But I think from, from a social perspective, it's not as scary. I, it, that is, it is evolving as well. If you open up Snapchat, um, the filters or advertisements, the, it, I, I, I actually think that it's completely different than Facebook. I agree. I think it is the evolved form of Facebook in the worst of degrees as it comes to the psychological social standpoints. You think so? I, I absolutely do. I think that Facebook has those, that, that two-headed Hydra, right? And, and, and Snapchat took one of those heads of those Hydras and was like, we're going to make this so great that it, it, it's you know, going to grow its own form of different heads that we don't even see coming, that we don't even, we can't even identify with the psychological effects of Snapchat yet because these kids are in the midst of it and they haven't gotten that fucked up yet, but they're gonna, and we're not going to know how to address it. It could be true. I see it more as a one-trick pony. Facebook has successfully rounded up the masses and it's replaced instant messaging Mm-hmm. It really, it's, yep. that's it, right? It's replaced text messaging and instant messaging. It's more reliable than memorizing a, a cell phone number, which will change. Not might, but will, right? We, they just keep changing. So it's already replaced instant messaging. So they have all of those messages, um, which uh, you could say Snapchat is doing the same thing. So from that perspective, Snapchat's the same. But not everybody has Snapchat. Almost everybody has Facebook. So Facebook's more reliable for chatting. Wait, but what do you mean almost everybody? Almost everybody in our uh, our decade or two. No, even the kids. Even the kids have, have Facebook. They don't like it. But they have it because they're they're they keep getting asked to be on the platform. The teenager, the teenagers, at least the the ones that I know, they have a Facebook account. I I believe, I believe they have Facebook accounts that were created but not uh, aren't utilized. I I I can't count. Maybe I can count ten kids that I know that have Facebooks, mm-hmm. and out of those ten, I could probably count two that use them. Right, but but do they have an instant messenger on there? Is, is really they the don't question. need instant messenger and if they if have they Snapchat. If they want to buy something, like Wade said, they want to buy something. Would they use Craigslist? Would they use Snapchat? They'd use Amazon. Or, or, or would they? Yeah, but you're saying well, you're, you're saying they're just not they're just not at a stage or in their life where they buy used or Alibaba. Right? Yeah, they'll use point, Alibaba or they'll use Wish. Wish. I mean, there's that whole. <laughs> right, but there's always the demand because if you're talking about the garage sale side. Right to me, that's something that Facebook has just crafted, and they've put themselves in. You can't Alibaba. You're not you're not you're not going to buy everything that you can get at Facebook Garage Sale, right? Because you sell a lot of things on there. Alibaba is good for the new items. Yeah, but I don't think kids twenty years old and younger are going to be using Facebook right. Garage Sale. Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So as they wouldn't have been using Craigslist. And where this where the, where the kind of crossover where the crossover the both things you're talking about. Facebook keeps adding more of these services because they're trying to drag more. They're trying to drag more people in because they want you to interact with the system more. To your point, Snapchat is not a direct replication of the Facebook functionality. But where this gets like where this kind of rolls back in is that we were talking about trolls, and we have seen this kind of influx of what amounts to corporate institutional trolls like Cambridge Analytica and stuff like that, where we have the where we have these companies that have found ways 
to basically commoditize and structuralize what amounts to what used to be just like this antisocial behavior is actual weapons against populations. Like, you know, to hit Facebook, one of the things that came out of the Cambridge Analytica thing is that, you know, with Snapchat, actually, you get all the information that you need to do all the, like to do these profiles and this manipulation stuff from the Snapchat accounts that you do from Facebook. So you don't need a Facebook, you know, like Facebook's kind of like Facebook was advantageous because they had a convenient, they had a convenient API and they had a large enough pool that they could do the, the, the studies with, but they found, you know, because of that, they perfected these ways of building these profiles with information that's not available by them. So you can do the same, you can do the same thing with a Snapchat, a Snapchat account. So even if the message disappears, they can get enough metadata to build a profile of someone and find ways of manipulating the way that they, they think outside of Snapchat. And, you know, to where Wade was going, like there is, there is a very real discussion. I don't know if the money will come away to make that go away, but there were talks effectively of that Facebook effectively pulled the same deal that Verizon did with the telecom, the telecom ruling, where that Verizon got too greedy too quickly and got so egregious that they basically even even the other telecoms kind of had to back away from them and let them deal with the consequences as it may. Like there is very real talk about slapping ITAR, like you know, like basically the same stuff that they had for like encryption back in the '90s and atomic, like you know, like missile, ballistic missile stuff and atomic weapon manufacturing on these data analytics systems because they're just as they're dangerous, powerful. right? Right, but and I think with the with the Cambridge thing, it wasn't just the gathering. The gathering was scary because then you could target them. The Facebook gave the ability to target. That to yes. me is what's crazy. I don't know how much I don't know that much about the Snapchat platform. I don't know how influence how influential you can be with that platform. Well, but the thing is, is that you don't even you don't, you don't, you don't even people. have to do it on Snapchat because what they do is they they, they break that veil. They they, they they understand who it's you are outside you of visit. it. Right, right. Yeah. So your reality is being curated on every level as long as you're basically as long as you're on the internet and using a using a platform that other people do or using using the same environment that everyone else is using, they know you know it's the panopticon. They know where you are. They know they know when you're rubbing one out or you know buying your groceries so and I, they can they can curate that reality. Prove it. True. <laughs> Prove, prove what? Prove that. Prove, prove it. I, I mean, Cambridge Analytica, are you trying no, to prove no. that that didn't happen because no, no, no. it's real? I, I mean, prove. So so we're talking about analytical data as, as far as it comes to them studying us. Where, where are we as individuals getting the data to to have such discussions such as this and such as where where is our accurate data and now when we get to data we're, we're talking about do we trust the data we get is it is it accurate data so so i mean is it a cyclical thing that nothing is going to come out of the discussion of it um it, you know never I, does I, I, agreed but but why i mean why why doesn't it where i think are the questions that should be asked i i mean i i, I do sometimes look at you and and think you know that the brilliance is either part brilliance of of something that I can't understand or conceptualize, or it's constant conspiracy theory, a mm -hmm. and I find a, a good in between to love you with. Um, <laughs> it, I, but 
but where where is the proof in things? Where is the data that backs up? Everyone's getting data on us. Where is the other end of the data? The quantitative, the qualitative. Where 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 does that begin? Where does uh, someone like us, a, a a a regular old Joe Schmo, um, I mean, this is fun for discussion. But if we wanted to talk and going back to the first topic of change and community change, I mean, now community is not just our zip code. It's it's. You Absolutely. know, uh, you know, global. Correct. So, yes. so now the community has changed. Where do we take that initiative, and where do we take that that stance of being able to make change if we don't have accurate data, or where do we begin? And I go ahead, Gunner, go. Well, I was going to say because you know, unfortunately, maybe it comes down to that Simpsons thing of just don't look. Like, you know, ultimately. The tool, the tools themselves may have been poisoned so much that it is not a productive exercise to engage with them, period. And what's the fucking point? Well, I guess here's the, I mean, this is a, this is definitely a, a question, right? Like, all right, so we've seen, social media has happened, right? The phenomenon has happened. Whether you we're say not, it's rock and roll or whether you say it's an atomic bomb, it, it's undeniable it's happened. It's undeniable it's had an impact on everyone that's consumed it. I guess now we do we now start looking at the fallout? Are all these trolls just a reaction of we elected, is this what happens? We elected you, to troll the president of the United States. I mean, that's a pretty good point. Like, absolutely, Donald I mean, Trump's I pre- the president right now. Like, not, are these some of the ramifications? Some of the long-term serious ramifications of constantly being connected to all of us and not having essentially a choice in who I who I socialize with and don't socialize with? Because like when I tell when you say things like. Well, just don't listen. I agree with you. I could definitely not listen. But then I just have to uninstall Facebook because I have unfollowed so many people on my feed that it is literally just fucking tasty websites and mm-hmm. advertisements because at some point, you know what I mean? Like, it's like agitation almost. Yeah, the humans are gone. But why? Yeah. Why, why do you unfollow them? I have I have unfollowed one person in my entire existence why? of Facebook. I'm with you, Michelle. I've only I I've never unfollowed anybody. People, yeah. I'm sure people unfollow me all the time. In fact, I know people either mute me for a period of time, um, depending on what's going on in my life. I don't give a shit. But I I don't. I've only unfollowed one person, and and um, it was it was kind of a stupid reason, <laughs> to be honest with you. It wasn't because I um what they were saying annoyed the shit out of me. What I have close friends that say shit that annoys the shit out of me all the time. I mean, it makes me a better person to learn how to constructively operate around them with them. Uh, um, makes me a better parent to teach my kids how to do that because isn't that the point that, that we surround ourselves with people that we know and like, but when we step out of our comfort zone, we are going to engage with people we can't stand yeah. that have different opinions and different views. The only person I've ever like specifically blocked, besides crazy person, was uh, one of my sister's friends who decided that her she was going to advocate by posting pictures of horribly mutilated animals to remind you that you need to prevent animal cruelty. And that was like, I'm sorry, I've... You're not motivate. You're not motivating me. You're See, just you're just I had that same with horrible torture. I had that same exact problem, and I just went up to the top of the post and I said, "Stop showing stop stuff showing like this." Stop showing and it didn't it. show any more of them ever. Well, so yeah. it was actually it actually the filter worked really well for me, and that's worked really well for people that annoy me. Is usually usually they're annoying me with something specific. 
I think the people that get blocked are the ones that can't pick a specific thing, a specific keyword, so that Facebook doesn't know how to filter them. And those would be the people that are constantly like like micro complaining, right? Where it's like, you know, they stubbed their toe and they're going to post it online. Although that's probably not so much a micro complaint. That fucking hurts really bad. It's probably worth telling the world about because a lot of the times you'll break your fucking toe and then you got to look at your broken toe for a while. So it might be a bad example, but you know, the other things, you know, like a lot of the time though, it's not even the complaining so much as it's, it's, it's the, the dirty laundry. It's the stuff that only they deal with. Oh yeah. And it, they're, they're complaining about people that you know, and you love. That's something that I really struggle with on Facebook. It's like, okay, I realize you're making funny. I realize you have a problem with what your husband did this week, but I'm friends with both people. How do I handle this post? Do I, do, do I side? And, and I think the, the the, the point is is that people wouldn't fucking do this in public a if it's a personal problem why are you doing a public call out and this is not like and you that's know, my like problem you're, you're, it's the it's it's the it's the kids in high school challenging like screaming screaming while the two like you know like the one guy with glasses and the other guy with like the, the lame armor fighting you know it's it's just, it's just cheering on on someone else's misery and I, I don't I don't fucking get that and, and that's like the super toxic thing like that's i don't know if yes i do i think you could take some lessons from it sure but a real world situation and what you do online are very 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 different things someone may have a little bit more of uh online courage to say some of the shit that they say than to say it to my face a lot of people would a lot of people act very differently. There are a lot of keyboard gangsters out there. Well, because you're intimidating. You're intimidating. Am I intimidating in per- yeah. you're, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you're intimidating in person. Yeah, so, no, so, so, so well, why? Or maybe the other way around, right? He's less intimidating as, as a little circle with his, with his baby photo. So, in. so I'll be able to, I'll be able to share my opinion with you that I would like to share with you in person, but you get loud and you, and your body language changes and you start to hunch over and you sweat and you get a weird twitch in your eye and I'm not going to fucking deal with that shit in person. <laughs> well then, if you can't deal with it in person, I, 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 would, it help, would it help if we get the, if we, would it help if we got the friendship bag for the friendship <laughs> Put it over my head. Uh, <laughs> you know what? If, if but, that's what it is, let's try it. But to your point, it's like neutralizing, right? It's like road rage where you, in, in not calling anybody out specifically, but with road rage, that's why it occurs because you're all on the exact same level inside a vehicle, mm, right? You have the one. same amount of power. So what are you going to, I guess, what are you teaching your kids then that, well, in real life, when you actually have to deal with someone that's intimidating, you're going to just not say stuff to them, but you can go online and pretend like everything's okay. like, you can go online and be an advocate for yourself online, but in reality, you're never going to be able to do though. much about it. No, kids, point, kids don't know what you're sharing online. Do you think my six-year-old and my 16-year-old know that I'm engaging online but won't engage in person? No, Wait, I'm what, not saying that. I'll clarify. No, no, no. I'll clarify. I, I think Wade's saying to, to your peers, right? Yeah, yeah. So the kids I, are yes. saying yeah, it yeah, to yeah, the yeah. other kids. I'm not saying bullying. like your kids know what you're doing online. I'm not saying you're, you're doing that. I'm saying is the lesson, man, Wade's intimidating and he can be a real douchebag sometimes, but you know what? I don't really want to say something to him to his face because I feel intimidated and threatened as opposed to, hey, maybe I'm intimidated and threatened, but like I do feel like we're peers and if you're really pissed off at me, like, yeah, maybe we get into an argument, maybe we get into an interaction, but I would hope that the baseline would be that Wade's not going to physically hurt me or harm me and we're going to come to a, we're going to come to an agreement even to disagree that we do respect each other on a, on a basic level. It's, it's interesting that you make the, you make the equation to road rage. 
because you, the or you make you make, the equa- you make the you make the equation to road rage because I I, I heard or I was listening to a talk one time and it was the car is a very unique is one of the first transformational inventions that human beings ever made because you never talk about how my car was in an accident you always say how I was in an accident or I got cut off mm. your car is effectively an extension, an extension. of yourself yeah. mm-hmm. and just like your fa- just like these social media profiles and it's one you know and again like it, it's but at the same time there's real consequences for being an anti you know like to a certain extent I mean like there's very real physical I mean like how, how many times do you experience like primal monkey? I'm gonna murder the shit out of someone. Mm-hmm. Frustration during a real com- like a, a commute, and I'm not saying you know maybe during a, a commute, just, or- just just a drive. I mean, like have you have you had those moments of like where you know like do you have that moment where like you have to take the step back and it's like why the fuck am I getting bent out of shape like this? Sure, mm-hmm. you know, but. Well, you, you see, have to because there's a real consequence for fucking enacting it in the giant death wagon, and you know maybe that's maybe that's where the maybe that's where the troll thing comes from is that effectively there is no consequence. There's no for, con- yeah, it's almost the the great neutralizer. You see, Wade and Wade's a big big guy. I mean, bigger than me at least, and he can be phys- he can be intimidating because he could kick my ass. Uh, I just admitted that Wade kicked my ass. Um, at least he used to be. There's like to. zero value in that. He's like a big teddy bear now. No, but there is, and I'll tell you why. Um, in person, like Michelle said, you you may be intimidating. However, if if I'm riding high in a truck and I see you down there in your little tiny Kia, in some ways, I am now fucking bigger and badder than you, right? So it is. It's almost like it's almost like um like it's like this this global neutralizer. Once you're online, um, you do have the power to put people down that you wouldn't be able to do in person. What I don't know, and you said it's our problem, I agree it's our problem. What I don't know is if we're better off that way or if we're better off going back. I mean, just the horse, right? If Wade and I were both on horses and I looked over at him, I wouldn't fucking cut him off unless my horse happened to be three times the size of his horse. I would look at him and, I mean, if we were all riding horses around, there's there's a chance he might have a gun. I might have a gun, right? It might be with Wild West. And I probably would be very reserved to, to shouting at him, like, through the glass of my car. Um, it, on a horse, I wouldn't just shout at him, right? I, th- th- there would still be that intimidation level. So, um, yeah, I do like the car, the road rage analogy, even though I came up with it. It's the, it's the neutralizer. Um, I say a lot of shit on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Um, to, to complain. <laughs> oh, that doesn't hurt my feelings. No, that doesn't no. hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, I say a lot of shit on Facebook that is in some capacity personal, not attacking anybody that is a friend on my Facebook, but to put out what frustrations I deal with. You're dealing, you're dealing with shit. It's got to go it's got to go somewhere or it's going to stay home and it doesn't need to stay home. And and it's it's not for you, Gunner, and it's not for anybody here at this table. Um it's part for me and then part for my network of people that I have um been able to build um, that go through like-minded situations that I didn't have, but now do have, because they have expressed similar frustra- frustrations that I've seen. They've read my similar frustrations. I don't, I don't um, blanket bullshit statements to um, on a general basis <laughs> to people that are um, on my Facebook that you know are, are meant for them. Um, I, I have and will proudly say that one time I did and did on purpose and I will never take it back. 
somebody hurt my kid, they're on my fucking Facebook, and my kid caught wind of something that they did and I fucking let them know and they knew it was them. And I didn't take it down, I didn't delete it um, because I was not going to conversate with this person and I have not conversated with this person since then. They know how I feel. Um, my favorite is when you like say something and people like private message you, are you mad at me? I'm like, no, it's not even about you. <laughs> like, mm. I, it, it's not, it's not even about you. Is this post about me? You know, is, is, is this, is this post about me? I'm like, no, you know, and I, um, I, I, again, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's the, the social aspects of it. This is just the evolved version of doing what I think we used to do on the playground. And we used to do um, it in our small neighborhood social groups. You know, people used to be neighbors, you know, and know their neighbors and, and um, uh, meet with their neighbors. And there used to be a social dynamic between neighbors and neighborhoods. Who didn't like who? Whose kids were this? Whose wife was doing this? Now it's not on the streets. It's, you know on the whatever blue web, big green web, and the matrix. And with the groups, I agree, right? You have, you might have a, 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 a NIDA group or you might have a, um, a mommy group or um, you might have like a car group. With the groups, I agree, right? That's just the modern replacement to to the, the to the people that you would see whether it's at the playground or whether it's at whether it's at the car show I see that what I don't necessarily what I think is happening though is people aren't projecting at that group they're projecting at the world I don't project at groups I project at the world yeah they're projecting at the world and and even though like the small subset of the group and i think that um, that sometimes that has whether it's whether it's a polarizing effect on the larger group right the people that it's because it goes to everybody's feed you get enough likes it goes to everybody's feed um and you know there's there's the stuff people don't want to read that happens right but the 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 stuff that the trolls say um it's it's almost like it's like this post that maybe shouldn't have gone to the masses is now getting replies by people that disagree with the post that shouldn't have gone to the masses. Now the masses are reacting to the reply. So that's the part um, that that I wonder if it's healthy, like long-term. It's not, and, and I, I very rarely will I go out and blame the person making the original post because most of the time uh, it's like a diary. But it's a strange effect with Facebook because there used to be like a concept of a blog. Now it, it technically exists, but they don't really. There's not too many people that really hold a blog anymore. They either run a Twitter page, they run a Facebook page, they do both. Some of them do make a, like a like a classic blog, but those are usually like really really uh, popular people if they're if they're going to keep that going. For the most part, people will just like their journal is their social media. It, but it's an interesting thing because back when blogs were popular, you had to find them and manually subscribe to them. But with Facebook, it's a little bit stranger. You'll get stuff that has nothing to do with you at all. Not even a friend of yours will show up, or people will share something, um, and it will and it will show up. So it's interesting now because it's like everybody's everything is public, and because of that, everybody has an opinion on everything, and you have these people that can just, you know, pull the pin out and throw in a conversation grenade and just blow up the internet, blow up people's emotions. Um, you know, and be true. The, the, doesn't it, the Milos and all the, you know, the, the, the agent provocateurs. Doesn't it change the value of an opinion then? Like, your opinion's shit. 
Yeah. Somebody somebody just said something on Facebook and it kind of pissed me off. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I, I you know, like you remember that whole blue dress, black dress thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we got that whole Yanni. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It's Laurel. Laurel. It is Laurel. I agree. Really? But I, but <laughs> I didn't hear Laurel until okay. somebody like played it like five times. Well, actually, I, 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 heard, I heard I heard I, I hear intermi- I intermittently hear Yorl. Yeah. Uh, Alex hears uh, Yali. Oh. But but so but so anyways, um, a friend of ours, Mel. And, and and posted like why the fuck is everybody talking about uh, right, right. Uh, Yanni and Laurel? I don't give a fuck, mm-hmm. you know. And and I was like, I I kind of was like, what the fuck, man? I I posted about it because I thought it was cool. Like just because your day is having a shitty day, <laughs> like. No, I- and and but but I'll tell you that um, she didn't know that I would take insult to to her comment. Um, she was putting out and what forecasting mm-hmm. what was going on in her day and right. and the same exact comment could have happened in person right she would have been not we would have been sitting on her porch having a good old time you know talking kids and then she'd be like what's up with all that fucking yanni and laurel shit mm-hmm. and, and i'd been like hey. <laughs> i just had to sit down with a with an old friend because he sensed hostility between myself and him on social media and uh uh it started off with um it was an almond milk article uh, yeah, I think it was almond milk, and it pretty much said, uh, "What's the company? Almond Breeze. Almond Breeze, almond yeah. Breeze is Blue the Diamond. big one. It, yeah, yeah, Blue Diamond, Almond Breeze." And the article, this there was just this rant about how terrible Almond Breeze was for you, um, about how you should uh, you should stop drinking. It pretty much the article's title was, um, "You're drinking Almond Breeze because you think it's healthier. Stop!" Right? And I read this article, and I had some major flaws with the article itself. But of course, you know, I'm pretty pretty vocal and I use vulgarity a little bit loosely so I'm like you know this fucking bitch that wrote this article um I'm like she didn't cite where she got her sugar content from um she talks about the almond content and about how you know it and whatever and I get into detail and like one of the things she said was uh, was essentially like go fucking blend your own almonds and soak the almond mesh in, in water and make your own and man that part frustrated me the most because I don't know too many people who just like have the time to just go home and just make all of their own drinks, right? I mean, you can make that argument for orange juice and apple juice and so many freaking things, but we still buy them and we take them for granted at the store. So I ranted about this thing and I just, you know, whatever. But uh, he's like, dude, I thought we were friends, <laughs> right? <laughs> And he's like, we got to get together because he's like, I don't feel you would ever talk to me like that in person. I'm like, I, I wasn't talking. I was, I was complaining about the the writer. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to reflect myself on your opinion of Almond Breeze. You could fucking hate it all you want. I was trying to bash this writer. Yeah, but you don't know how invested somebody is when they share an article. You don't, and that's what's crazy. Is I I go to his house. Turns out that his um, <laughs> it was very personal for him. What happened was. Uh, he's taking care of of uh, of his his uh, his grandma or his in law um, grandma in law I think is the technical term. <laughs> he's taking care of his grandma in law, and one of the Mima. yeah one of the one of the children or an aunt has the grandma's like I think she's in her nineties, but one of the aunts is trying to correct all of this ninety year old woman's health ailments with holistic natural treatments. And one of the things is, is she swapped all of the milk out in her refrigerator with almond breeze. <laughs> so 
like he posted this almost as a fuck you to the family to say stop it let her live a happy life for the last few years and drink fucking milk for god's sake so yeah you're right i didn't know what he was going through at the time and and, you know he he kind of took it personally when i was ranting on it he probably didn't want those those relatives to to read anything that i had to say i I discredit this article always on edge yet feel so good when i have a trace comment on my facebook (laughs) i i know i and, and i prepare myself for anything like what would Trace say? Um, but I know that like like if it's on Trace's radar, a it's not it's usually not a two second response. He investigated it in some capacity. Um, that there's some type of backup to it some somehow, and and then I I read it and I go hey 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 and I move on. <laughs> <laughs> I move on. <laughs> and but but yeah, you never know why people you know. You know, people post Alzheimer's things and, you know, there's a, a great reason, you know, someone in their life or, or something like that. Uh, you know, you could even say that for trolls. You know, somebody might, you know, post some meme of some capacity because they're so fed up with something in their lives that's frustrating them that they create put the effort into creating this you know i've talked about the people in the basement as an extreme troll version the psychological part i it it there's obviously a a a line to to extreme to moderate yeah Um, there's a fine line between troll and truth sometimes yes and 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 i and i even see budding trolls um no i see i see budding trolls i i'm i'm speaking of this that one thing that i just said that um the oneida republican party committee posted is a budding troll it's somebody who's probably you know and and they don't post under their own name they post under their committee page yes right. so you don't know who who it is mm-hmm. you just know that they're a republican <laughs> which which i'm not in any capacity uh politically one way or the other um and uh they they say a comment that is um prodding the comment was basically like sharing a, a grant application like oh i hope the city of oneida goes ahead and i'm doing it in this voice because that's how i interpreted it yeah that's what he sounds like <laughs> you know but oh i hope the city of oneida is found, sees this and applies for this grant blah 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 if you know and what's it, best for you you know and i'm like you know what I, I i get up part of being part of the community is get off your ass maybe you could start working on you know hitting the ground you're part of a republican you know committee do some work yourself and and participate with it at the city as a volunteer level yada yeah, yada but, but to be fair i mean like the the nash you know and it's filtering down to the local ones too but isn't the national republican party strategy at this point like for the lulls i mean like they're inflammatory as fuck it nowadays anyways. oh i i don't care I, I i don't i i don't look at it national republican party democrat party I, no, but I mean because again, because this inflammatory, the, the the inflammatory rhetoric is a strategy that works because it forces your it forces whoever's talking to you to be reactionary as opposed to, uh, you know, like you're it, it, what is it? It's 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 the context of like Bruce Lee and the intercepting fist, where it's like the you know the the best the best the best way to block a punch is to punch first. You you talk so smart. I'm still stuck on inflammatory <laughs> rhetoric. The best defense uh, is a good <laughs> offense, essentially. What he's I, saying. I got I got what you're saying, but you know. <laughs> you know, if 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 you if 
again, it's it's the idea that the first person the first person to get pissed off has automatically lost the conversation because somehow you frame this as something that someone's going to win. Correct. It's 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 a, it's a battle, and you interpret it as a battle. Uh, you're absolutely right, um, and you sounded so eloquent saying it. Um, I, I, with that, with that post, that's one of the posts I told you that I, I typed up a response and didn't hit send. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've done that many it's, times. It's, it's, yeah. it's a trap. It's, yeah, it, it, they're, it is. They're, they're like, they're go for it. And and, and you want to know what? It. You're an idiot. You're an idiot, and here is why: yes. because you are dumb. Yes, and and I have this conversation with people that are in the um, the political. You know, they're on a side, and they're very what's that one word where it means like you polarized partisan. But yeah. Yeah, they're like way over here, you know, and and I say to them all the time, like, some of the stuff you're saying is so smart and dead on, but you're so like, yes, you know, and so nobody can hear you because they're looking at you, which is why I don't argue with Wade in person. You know, because, (laughs) and, and I have to tell some of these people, dial it down a notch, bring it back. Don't get so, I'm guilty of it all the time. I am so passionate when I'm speaking about something so passionate and I'm Italian. So my voice goes up. I start moving Mm -hmm. my hands. People stop listening. And I I look at people's eyeballs and and I know when they're not listening. And then I'm like, oh fuck. And I also interrupt people all the time. Do you ever, do you ever like, oh wow, that was way loud. Do you you ever have that moment where like, because I'll be in a conversation and like, I know that sometimes I just like my brain is all over the place, but like. Cause I'll I'll deliberately like call out not like as a you're an embarrassing so it's like is this a part where you'd like me get to the point you know like hey hey just you know like let's let's chill out let's have a second here are you questioning why the fuck you should care <laughs> yeah, I mean because you know what what is it? it's it's the Hunter S Thompson when the going gets weird the weird go pro but but isn't it the journey too I, I, I the going gets weird I I like to be on. Uh, the part of the journey, I try to listen, and this is a, a, a developing thing. I, I try to listen um, more over the last ten years because I realize that sometimes it takes me just a bit to 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 puzzle together what I'm trying to say. Oh, right. mm-hmm. and and the people that can say things so eloquently and clearly, I I probably the very few people in this world that I'm very envious of. Right, that they can. My brother is one of them. That his his written word is so clear um, mm-hmm. that he almost anticipates things coming right. before they, they even come in. I'm like, oh, but oh, but but, and then he gets to it. Where I'm like, la 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 la. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that uh, back to the whole you know birthing of internet trolls. You know, like I, I think that those are people that can only formulate one thing, and they can't mm-hmm. go beyond. So they formulate that one thing. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. They, they do that one thing and then they're level one internet troll. You know? And, and, and I keep checking that Facebook post to see if anybody likes it or, well, or comments well, yeah, it. well, actually, and that goes back to our, our, our friend from Facebook because that was one of the things, too, is that we, we go for the, it's like It's this trifecta of we're looking for that endorphin rush. Of engagement, it's like somebody somebody clicked on this totally made up button that validates something I thought. Yay, mm. yay! Yeah. And you know, but but to even you know, so we have that, that validation. We have um, oh fuck, I lost my train of thought. 
Fuck me. Morbid tabernacle choir. Morbid tabernacle <laughs> choir. Well, no, because... Um, that's a very specific reference. <laughs> was that was that him? He did he get that in a game of catchphrase? He got phrase? that in a game of catchphrase. And every time I see Morbin Tabernacle Choir, I think of him. <laughs> uh, well, if you're okay with me changing changing uh, just slightly here, Gunner, did you finish your thought? I don't want to no, talk I, over I, I, okay. I'm, I'm fucking Well, dying. this this will be a good way to, to end it out because we actually we never got to our third topic. Oh my god, no, guys! We kind of did. I have to. I have to. I have to go. Yes. We well. got a five o'clock. Um, I'll finish it with Ken M. Then Ken M. is the internet's most famous troll, and there's a picture. It says um, the caption of the news article is "Drone helping mission to ship fuel to Alaska town," and Ken M. commented, "Instead of blowing people up." This little guy decided to be a helper. Hopefully other drones will follow the example set by this plucky little hero. That's Ken M, <laughs> the world's most famous troll. Wait, how can you be the world's most famous troll? Oh, because he always uses the handle Ken M. And he always just trolls. I, I mean, and they're really good. Go and they're for really, it. They're really, really good. Go for it. I'm texting and thinking. Taking the bait. To take the bait. Like, you know, it's just, take, it's, yeah, that's but Mad Max, that's but like, like, here's the one, and the, the, the article says, a tastier and prettier alternative to baked potatoes. For seriously satisfying spuds, try these vitamin-rich reds, and it shows red potatoes diced up with some, like, parsley or something on them. Those Ken look M good. says, also you get more vitamin if you eat the shell. <laughs> do people really look at this shit? They do because what this is what's great about this this is a Gizmodo article is underneath the first person his name's Big Voice and he says it's called the skin potatoes have skins. Yeah, and you see it, you've already Ken lost. M, Ken M comes back. Yeah, like like Gunnard said you already lost. Ken M, Ken M comes back. He says technically a shell because potatoes are in the peanut family. <laughs> see, oh yeah, cuz I I I I I done fucked up because there was something there was like, you know, like YouTube is absolute trash because I, I I suckered into it and like sometimes I know I know this is bad and it's kind of where I try and stay in the weird territory. Somebody was going off about like how they were going to open up the Arctic to more oil exploration and they were like they were re- re- repealing all these like government controls to like lower emissions and stuff like that. And someone made the comment, "Well, great when the temperature goes up, Siberia and all this tundra and the the Arctic will be open up and we can make it into farmland." And I'm like. <laughs> You know, somebody tried to do it serious, and then I'm like, listen, there's all this mammoth shit that's frozen up there that's going to thaw out, and then the methane's going to dump, and then things are going to get kind of weird, and then the ocean temperature goes to a certain point, and then all the methane clathrate on the ocean floor go- lets go, and things start getting real weird. That's so much real thought. Real fast. <laughs> that's way too much thought. <laughs> the mammoth shit. Way I, too I, much I, thought I, and I, not enough time. Yeah, I, gentlemen. But that's that's my life. That's that that that's unfortunately that's unfortunately how I live. Well, all right, guys. That's all we have. That's all the time we have for today. Michelle, thank you for uh, coming out with us and conversing. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. We will definitely have you on again. I think uh, Michelle and I are gonna go hug it out, and she can tell me how she really feels. <laughs> Stop being so Stop being so scary. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot from the Friendship Snake Podcast, and we will see you later. Bye.